Blog Talk Radio. Blur, like a blur. <laughs> I mean, I still, 
I mean, I was still, I was still, kind of, I still had a great 2020, even though COVID was out here really thick, and it's still out here thick now. Like everybody's getting, it's, I feel like we're in this this phase of COVID where everybody's getting COVID. Everybody, I even just had a friend that I had saw like probably about a week and a half ago or some week a few days ago. She said, "I, I have COVID. I'm just letting people know. I'm like, girl, I ain't seen you in like how many." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I ain't got no symptoms, but you know, but it, but it, it was a long time. But but here's the thing, everybody is getting it now. Everybody, and here's the thing: there's vaccines out here in these streets. Sixty-one percent of the population is vaccinated. Why is COVID spreading like it is? That's kind of crazy, right? Because you know, here's the thing: COVID has always been a very crazy virus. When you think about it, and I tried to tell you a lot of these things that a lot of y'all fussed at me about last year and the year before last, even my granny's calling me saying, well, you was kind of right on it. Stuff like masks weren't working, except if you had the uh, surgical mask. I told you guys that in 2020, in March of 2020. Huh? <laughs> well, a lot of people call me liars. So, uh, listen, and, me, and then, you know, uh, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't wear I mean, if you need masks, you shouldn't wear them. It, they give a certain amount of protection, just not a big amount of protection, okay? You know what I'm saying? So then uh, there's this whole idea of asymptomatic, okay? Because you could be walking around with COVID and not even know it, right? Because it's an asymptomatic virus, right? So my thing is, and you could be vaccinated and still spread the virus. That's why I don't understand people like Oprah Winfrey and everything talking about you had to be vaccinated and boosted and everything to come to my house for Christmas and Thanksgiving. You can still spread that shit. <laughs> you just want it just is not you just don't become as sick. You know what I'm saying? If you have the vaccination, right? Uh, 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 supposedly, because so there have been a lot of breakthrough cases where people have gotten really sick, even with. The the uh, even with both both uh, shots. Okay, uh, here's the thing. Uh, now and now we're adding on boosters. Uh, people are still getting it, still getting this thing. Um, I think COVID is going to be something you're going to have to live with, like the flu, the common cold, <laughs> which they say disappeared last year. Now, do you believe the common flu? The flu and the common cold disappeared in pneumonia. No, I think people were misdiagnosing COVID, but that's another story. Listen, here is the thing. I, I, I want everybody to – Amoracron is not as bad. It's really like a common code. It's not like what COVID is and everything. But here's the thing I want everybody to try to remember, just try to remember, is that um, – COVID is, I mean, you know, I'm trying to think of how to say this without you guys, some of you guys getting nervous. COVID is just going to be that disease, that virus that you're going to have to learn to live with. You're not going to, we're getting, we're shutting down again. This is bad for businesses. It's bad for uh, airlines, airlines all across. Do you know what this does to the economics? And somebody's out there, people out there are probably saying, but Carlotta, what about life? 61% of the population is vaccinated now, and we're still having problems, okay? We didn't have this many problems when no one was vaccinated. 
So I, I don't know what's going on here. But what we do is we have less sickness. COVID is not uh, with most people, not all people, but it's not as dangerous anymore if people are vaccinated, allegedly. Okay, so here's the thing. You know, uh, still spread it. I, I don't think you're ever going to – asymptomatic virus is never not going to be spreadable because you're going to always have people who ha- don't have symptoms who don't need a test, who could be carriers. <laughs> I don't know why never, no one ever understood this shit from the beginning. But I understood, see, I understand Fauci and them had to, had to do what they had to do to get try to get people to go their way. I, I actually believe it's a system of control. But, you know, it, it's just, I, I don't, I think human, if we don't learn to live with this, we are going to destroy our economics, in, in ways that we have never seen before, and especially as we go into 2022, we are now heading into uh, 2022, and we're still trying to shut down shit. I mean, there are people shutting down restaurants. There are people shutting down, and they're not just shutting down restaurants because, and, and this is what I hear, in the, and, and even with the airports and stuff, allegedly people are saying it's not just because of COVID. It's because of the mandates. So a lot of workers didn't come back because a lot of workers don't want to be made to take vaccines, okay? So the reason you're seeing a lot of uh, uh, airlines and different things shut down and all this stuff is also because they have a shortage of workers. So you see this is a complete break in society. And it's not about being Republican and Democrat. That's how they sold that shit to get Trump out of office. And I know a lot of you don't like Donald Trump. I actually like Donald Trump better than I do Joe Biden, but I understood the the global politics that was going at play with Donald Trump when Donald Trump was in, okay? So I understood how they fucked around with COVID to get somebody out of office, and they scared all of you in the process, and they started implementing things of control. Not that COVID isn't a real virus. It's just that people use shit that is very real and scary to you to implement changes in society, uh, social engineering that you can never turn around. Think about 9-11 and what happened after 9-11. Society was never the same. And some people say, well, after incidents like that, should things ever be the same? Maybe not, but should your freedoms be taken for granted? Should your liberties be taken for granted? That's a problem, okay? So and there, when we sometimes have people in society, governments, remember, are built of people. And people can, humans can be range from kind, nice, to diabolical, to sociopaths, to psychopaths, and all of those live in government, okay? <laughs> so uh, proof of that is uh, people like Hitler actually ran a government at one time. You know what I'm saying? So we know nuts can get in government. So that's why has a has. Has the people, has we the people, we always have to be vigilant of our rights and everything that's going on because we never know when we're, we are being handed over to the cray-crays, the sociopaths, the nuts, okay? So, you know, um, be vigilant. Stay woke, okay? That's all. <sighs> so, let's get before getting on my rant on COVID, I was telling you about my holidays. Oh my God, I had such 
a beautiful, I always have a beautiful Christmas. It was so fun, my grandparents, you know, hanging out. I love it because I started decorating my grandparents' house around, uh, that's a great decorate my, and thanks, at Thanksgiving time. And so I was showing one of my relatives a picture, and I said, oh, my God, that's beautiful. Did you do that and everything? But it was, I mean, it's so, uh, I, I had, it was such a blast this year. It was always, it's always a blast because my grandparents are humorous, right? They're hilarious, right? And so this year, you know, no cooking. There was no cooking for, uh, no, I was done. After Thanksgiving, I was done. There was no cooking for Carlotta, okay? Carlotta ordered Jack Stack. I love Jack Stack barbecue. If you're ever in Kansas City, stop by Jack Stack. Oh my God, they have the best meat. I love Jack Stacks. I've, I've had we've had them the last two or three, the last three Christmases, and every time our meal has been superb. <laughs> this time we got it heating, heating where you heat it all back up on Christmas, and and they had this. Oh my God, it was this really. I can't even think of the name of the of the. Uh, appetizer we got, but it was like a macaroni with beef in it. It was kind of like this crab taste. Oh my God, I can't even think of the name of it. It was excellent. This isn't a commercial. I don't have anything to do with Jack Sacks. I'm just telling y'all facts, okay? <laughs> it was really, really, really good. So I enjoyed that. I got to see uh, my friends, some of my friends, not all my friends, some of my friends were out, some of my friends were out of town. I a few I couldn't meet with, but my girlfriends that I always meet with, two of my besties, Brandy, who used to be on the show, y'all know who Brandy is, and uh, Malika, we just, we always have a blast every year. Brandy has a little get-together for us always at her place, and we get together, and we, you know, we talk shit. Of course they talk shit about, you know, they, they had, first of all, when I came, when I, when I got in, so Brandy always has it set up really pretty in the, in the place, and we all bought stuff this time. I brought uh, small plates from Cheesecake. She brought, uh, they, she had tacos. We could have wine, and so we had treats. We have all kind of mess, and it's just three of us, right? We have a, we just have a ball, right? And so Brandy has her mute, has the TV up on playing, and she's playing Maxwell, Hilarious. So they're talking shit to me about, oh, you know, Maxwell's concerts are coming up. How many is anybody going to have to go to? <laughs> I'm like, really? <laughs> I haven't even mentioned it. They're like, right. They're like, he's not coming to Kansas City, you know. So they're asking me how many concerts I was going to. I said, you know, I don't want to say <laughs> because I feel attacked. <laughs> they're like, how many? I was like, maybe two. They're like, that's good. That's good. <laughs> but I was so, we were excited about it. We talking about that. Has Boney James playing. My favorite, one of my favorites, Julian Vaughn. Okay, so we, we had a great girls' night, okay? We exchanged gifts. So one of my things that I was doing this year was I was making everybody wear Christmas glasses, okay, because I ordered these Christmas glasses, and they were such a fucking hit. I couldn't believe how how much of a hit my husband took them with his family and stuff to their little get together, and they loved it. I was I wasn't at their get together because I was at another my uh, my friends get together. So, but then I took mine to Brandy's and and Malik and with Brandy, and they loved them. And then I had them on Christmas Day with my family, and my family loved them. Everybody took pictures with them. It was so fun. Okay, so sometimes here's the thing: you sometimes you can do. 
you could, you know, I'm a little creative soul, so I come up with all kind of different shit. But sometimes you get in your minds, like if you if you don't have, uh, uh, you, you know, I always tell people fun things. Like I made uh, my friends bag. My friends were like, God, oh my God, because I had so much. You know, I had a little gift bag. I always have little gift bags for my friends. Even when I got married, I had gift bag, gift bags. Okay, I'm just a gift bag girl. Right, I like to give different things. But people are always amazed. They're always like, oh, my God, you so much stuff. But what I do is I shop early and I, I, I buy deals, right? And I tell people all the time, if you get to places like, this is something so simple. If you don't have to, you don't have to have a lot of money. You can go to places like the Dollar Tree and stuff like that. And if you have friends who love, like I love decorative glasses and stuff like that. Sometimes at the Dollar Tree, if you go very early on, not around Christmas, they have fun decorative glasses, like girl glasses, girl glasses that say girls trip or glasses. Like for when me and my girlfriends went to New York, I made gift bags, right? And it was about girls trips and all that stuff. And all that, and I got a lot of I got things from the dollar store. I got makeup removers, all the things that stuff we need when we go out and stuff like that. Fun stuff to put in a, a travel bag. So when you go for Christmas bags, what I do is like this year, my friends know I love astrology. So one of the things I did, they had astrology glasses at the Dollar Tree. So I was able to buy these really neat Dollar Tree astro- astrology glasses. Yeah, I happened to find them. I was like, damn, those are neat. I bought a lot of fun things. And, got, you know, my friends love treats. I bought candies. I bought little other gifts. I bought, a, you know, and I bought one nice, real nice gift, like a facial thing, a little brush, electronic thing, whatever. But mostly I got a lot of stuff from fun discounts, okay? And so one day I'm, I always tell people on here little stuff and little tricks you can do, but one day I may have, like, before Christmas, like a whole show one time or the holidays or maybe Valentine's of things you can do for fun and stuff like that to, you know, really my really my cancer south node really comes out <laughs> around the holidays. <laughs> you can tell I was a if there's a such thing as another life, I was a homemaker in it. <laughs> so you can tell that. Okay, so and I have a lot of that come out of me creatively. So, uh, so I, I should do one—a show that shows tells you guys all about fun things that you can do that are fun. And one of the things I did with everybody, I put glasses, Christmas glasses, like Christmas glasses you can get from Amazon, right? And they give you like a pack of twelve. They're different prices. You can get them for ten dollars, nineteen dollars, different prices. Depends on what kind you get, okay? And you put the, and, and they're fun. They have Christmas trees. They even have them for New Year's too. Stuff like that. Like even for New Year's, I send my uncle like a fun little New Year's thing. But you can do you. There's so many various things that you can do to like you know set up fun little gifts for people. And that was, I mean, it was such a hit. I was surprised. Okay, I was really surprised. But I had a blast. Right? It was so fun. Even my mom and her husband liked it. You know, they had a, it was a fun, it, 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 it was a good time. I loved it. I had a great time at Christmas. Christmas is fun for me, though. I'm usually, I am usually, I am a Christmas girl. I always have been since I was a little kid. I love, I'm like Mariah Carey, okay? That's why I probably kind of love Mariah a little bit. I get her. I love Christmases, okay? I love holidays. Most of my families do not. But I don't give a shit. I come and bring Christmas anyway (laughs) and make everybody have Christmas anyway because I love it. It's my favorite time of year. And maybe because 
I was the only child, so, like, Christmas was a fun time for me. I was spoiled as shit. <laughs> so I really, I, and I was, you know, being raised by my grandparents. My great-grandparents was alive. Like, I, would, I would have, like, two, I hate to brag on myself, but I had a nice Christmas, you know, growing up. So I think that, you know, I, that's why I kind of took the Christmases because Christmases and holidays and stuff were always very fun when I was little. And I still am very festive with them, even with no children, okay? So, I, you know, I just love the holidays. Holidays are my favorite. I really do. I love them. So I hope you guys had a wonderful holiday. And my favorite, favorite holiday, one of my favorite, favorite holidays is coming up, New Year's. Why? Because we head into... Another year full of transition and change, and who knows what we'll meet? Who knows what we'll meet? we got so much to talk about because there's already been a lot of changes out in these streets, okay? You know, i got to talk about Megan Good and Devon, okay? We're going to get to that later on. But, you know, who knows? I mean, it's so much, you know, so many things. But 2021, I mean, I hope you guys, I'm going to have the It's a Word a little later, but this is a little early It's a Word. I hope you guys get a chance to reflect on your 2021, the great things about it, you know. Like I thought about my 2021, and I remember at the end of 2020, I had done a boudoir shoot. Shout out to Nivea Hansen, Katie, my photographer. I love Nivea. Nivea does dope pictures. If you're ever in Texas and you need a photographer for a boudoir shoot, Check out Nivea. She makes you feel comfortable. She's fun. I plan on doing another one with her. I do. This one I might show more because I might do more sexy outfits. <laughs> but listen, so I did when I did that. I, I was I was starting my late, late weight loss journey, and let me tell you, it's been yo-yo. It's been up and down, up and down, up and down. Up and down. I, I've been fighting, <laughs> right? So uh, when I did that. In 2020, at the end of 2020, I knew that I wanted to be bold. And I remember I took this one picture with her, and I had on um, I had on this rocker outfit. It's black pants with these silver rhinestones. And I had on this, like, silver, black and silver bralette and stuff like that. And it showed my stomach and everything. And it's got these this blue flowers that mean so much to me. But... Kind of like, you know, so I wanted to, uh, and you know, if you're a basketball fan, blue flowers mean a lot to you, I guess. But if, but I wanted to, um, I wanted to kind of step into boldness. I wanted to say, you know what, I'm going to do things differently for myself as I head towards the end of my 50s. You know, it's time to say goodbye to this girl who's been around for about 12 years that I don't, I don't know who the fuck she's been. <laughs> It's like I woke up, really, it's like I woke up one day and I was like, uh-oh, what has happened here? <laughs> like, you know, I looked at myself in the mirror and I was going, oh, my God, who are you? It's like the, it's like I woke I, I, and I, I, I'll have to explain this all to you guys one day. One day I'll explain it even more. But I felt like I had to put away that person. And that picture, it means so much to me. I might put it up again for 2000, the end of 2021, even though it was done in 2020. But that picture meant so much to me heading into 2021 because it was my coming out party. It was me saying, you know what, I'm going to be a little bit bolder. I'm going to do things a little bit differently. <laughs> and I did, and I was so proud of myself. I got to do my first 
model walk. I've been taking modeling classes. And, you know, I'm a model. I ain't modeling is hard shit, but I, I do it for fun, <laughs> for fun. So I did my first, like, you know, in my first uh uh, modeling classes with Pam Newton. Shout out to Pam Newton. She just, uh, she Pam just did a big thing. I don't know if I share yet, but shout out to Pam. Congratulations to you. Congratulations, Pam. But I just did. Um, I, I I've been working with Pam for the longest, and Pam gave me so much confidence to believe in myself. I did my first uh, walk, my first modeling walk. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Help us, Jesus. Everything that could go wrong went wrong, but I still did it, and I was so proud of myself. And then Pam entrusted me with her fashion show, which was beautiful. She entrusted me to emcee her first her fashion show, which I was like, wow. And it was some great, so many great designers there. Uh, one of my favorite, uh, one of the best ones was Pam, Pamela. Oh, my God, I can't remember her name. I got to remember uh, uh, Pam's name, but she's one of the best designers in Kansas City. I mean, the girl is dope, okay? But it, I, I got to MC this program, and I was so, I mean, it was such a blast. And, there, and then my school, I got to do my first play as a scene designer and prop, uh, uh, what is it, master? Prop master and everything like that. And so many things went so great. I'm telling you, it went great in spite of COVID. I don't even know. I, don't, I mean, COVID was here, but I didn't even see it. I was like, COVID here? <laughs> But I just, and this, it was just such boldness that I did this year. And so, and I got to, you know, I made my first pajama pants. Shout out to my costume uh, design class. But, you know, um, the uh, reason I tell you guys all this, and I'm going into It's a Word. This is an early It's a Word, but I'm going into the other It's a Word in a minute. But the reason I tell you guys this is because I want you to think of your 2021 and what is it, what are the things that you did that were great, that inspired you, that encouraged you, no matter what crazy may be going on in your life. Because, you know, sometimes we always have crazy things at the backdrop of very good things happening. So my thing is, what is some of the, think about some of the great things that happened to you as we head over into 2022. And I feel like it's such a you know, this is a trend, a very trend, a big transition in spot. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people don't cross over. Pray, we we believe in God for all of us to cross over, right? But a lot of times people don't. So what did you, what are you going to take, what good things are you going to take out of 2021 and even act on them even more if God blesses you to cross over to 2022, okay? What are you going to do? And so I want you guys to be thinking about that because before I give my it's a word, which I'll give in a few minutes, I'm like, Carlotta, I thought that was the it's a word. No. But it's coming, okay? But think on that for a little bit. What is it that so far that you feel in your spirit that uh, that you know that you've done well? And that's what I did at the end of 2020. I took the end of 2020 with something I had done, and I took that over with me into 2021. And I plan, I plan to do the same. In 2021, take over the good things and, and act on those in 2022, okay? And listen, I'm telling you, just about a couple of days ago, something was happening. I was just like, oh, I was so overwhelmed. I was about to cry. Like, oh, Y'all don't know. I could be a baby. I could start crying. We're like, oh, no. I'm like, what do you do? <laughs> 
everybody think I be bold, brave, but I really be like, but especially when I'm by myself, I'm just like, oh, my God, God, I don't understand. You know, and I have to stop and think, <laughs> you know, and stop and see the roses of everything and say, okay, you know what, hold on. This is good. It's going to be okay. So even if it's the backdrop of everything in your life right now is saying disaster, this and that, what is it inside of it? It's always something good that you can take out of it. So think about that, okay? I hope I made sense there. But let me get in. Before I get into more, it's a word, okay? We got to talk about power. Power two, ghost. <laughs> Did y'all see that episode? Courtney Kemp. Courtney Kemp. Courtney Kemp. Courtney fucking Kemp. She is the best writer right now on TV. Oh no! I'm yes, yes, yes. I'm giving her Shonda Ron when Shonda Rhimes was writing her best at a, a scandal. No, this is even better. Oh my God, Courtney Kemp. That's all I can say. Shout out to Courtney Kim and her write all the writing crew on Power Two Ghost. If you're not watching Power Two Ghost by now, and you still mad that Ghost fell his ass off that balcony, and that you missing it. This show is awesome, man. Courtney Kim, I'm sorry, I'm about to spoil it. So if you ain't seen Power Two uh, Ghost, I'm about to spoil it for y'all. So don't get mad at me, right? You turn it down, turn off your radio, turn you know, till it, for a few minutes. Then come back on about five minutes. Let's talk about it, okay? Tyreek gets his little ass busted, right? You know, <laughs> it, it's it, 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 it is so it's so dope the way they do it because we, we you know because Ty, Tyreek you know Tyreek listen we had uh, last week Tyreek was last week Tyreek the week before last Tyreek told Monet's ass off and I was like thank you. It's about time. I'm, because, you know, Monet was talking that shit, Mary J., a.k.a. Mary J. Blige. Monet was talking that shit to <laughs> to, to Tyreek, talking about, you know, Tyreek, you not getting out of the car, you know, you done, you failed my business or whatever. And, you you know, and uh, she was talking about, you know, uh, you, you, I mean, that she, she was acting like she didn't need Tyreek, but Tyreek was like, you know what, you do need me. You're on an island all to yourself. You don't even know what's going on in your own house. Oh, Tyreek broke it down to Monet's ass and shut Monet's ass up, and I enjoyed it profusely. <laughs> I was like, yes, yes, Tyreek, let her know. Then we found out that Zeke, not Cain, but Zeke, is Monet, and Mecca, or what is her name, Dwight, I don't forget the man's real name, but the Monet and Mecca's child. Oh my lord! Who would have thought? Cause Zeke's character is so damn goofy. <laughs> I mean, them two dangerous people created a basketball star who's a goofball. So you know what it tells me? Oh my god! Them two dangerous people. This kid. I want to see here. Let me just say this, Courtney Kent. I really hope you go a different way with Zeke. I feel like you're gonna kill Zeke off. Are you going to hurt him real bad? But I really wish you would go a different way. I would love to see Zeke make it in the NBA, but how he struggles with the family having this criminality around them 
and him struggling to keep some sense of sanity between some sense of division between himself and his family shit. Now I would like to see that. If you can write that shit and keep Zeke alive with that shit, that's gonna be good too. That would be a good side sideboard. I don't think Zeke should be killed off. But I feel like he's gonna be one of the characters killed off. Now Carrie's ass set up what's his name what's his name's girlfriend? I forget that Lauren. He set up Lauren, Tyreek's little uh, a girlfriend that's sort of like Angela for power. Which I don't like Lauren, because I feel like Lauren's bad for business, you know? If you're going to be a drug dealer, it's hard to be with a goody two-shoes, you know, because she's going to be like, oh, no, no, you can't be out here dealing. You know, he need one of them street girls who understand what's really up. <laughs> Lauren going to be his weakness, right? You know what I'm saying? And it's a frightening power I love, where they say, uh, I forget what part it was. I forget who said this in power. Was it Monet when she said, Lovers make you weak, but partners make you strong. I was like, ah! It's, it's, I mean, that's what I feel like for Tyreek. I feel like that was his daddy. His daddy got fucked up by Angela Valdez. Right? It wasn't really Tyreek that killed uh, a ghost. It was Angela. Somebody was going to do it. If it wasn't Tyreek, it was somebody else going to be doing it. And you know what was interesting, sidebar? What was interesting, I heard this week, and I've been listening to a lot of the, like, a lot of y'all's uh, things out there, commentary about power and y'all thoughts about where Power 2 is going. But what I didn't know is that Courtney Kemp actually planned to kill Ghost in the third season. What? She was thinking like me. I actually wanted Ghost dead by the end of first season, but she was going to do it by third season. Wow. But she said Omari Hardrick, uh, the rumor was he was doing such a great job that they decided to keep it going. But Tyreek and them are doing such a good job. And then the end of this power, Tyreek ends up in jail because, you know, as we know, Kane planted uh, Ramirez Badge, who is Ramirez, is a dead cop, and Jabari, who's the teacher, Professor Professor Reynolds, who ended up dead. Tyreek is now being accused of both of their murders, right? Now, we do know Tyreek did one of those things. You know, we, we know he killed Jabari's ass, okay? But he killed Jabari's ass for a good reason, because Kane had already fucked up and shot him. So Tyreek was coming along cleaning up t- Kane's shit, okay? But here's the thing. Kane sets up Tyreek, okay, which I hate. I hate, because I hate them making Tyreek feel like a, look like a little punk. But now I get what Courtney's with. Courtney, I see you. I get what you're doing here. I get it now. Tyreek was sitting in jail. First of all, let me just say this. Tyreek gets goes when Tyreek comes back on campus, he goes through that jail scene like his father. Remember when Ghost got arrested, when Angela arrested Ghost, and, and, and everybody was staring at him? Oh, it was horrible. And everybody was looking at him, and Ghost finally looked like he was going down, and the clangs was the table, and they was playing that same song they played for Ghost arrest. They was playing it for Tyreek's. And the same thing was happening for Tyreek on, you know, when he got arrested. Everybody was looking at him on campus and stuff, watching him leave and all this shit. And, <laughs> and when Tyreek is in jail at his fucking lowest, here comes his father's attorney to deliver him a message, a letter from the grave from Ghost. <laughs> At which everybody on social media was like, what? <laughs> everybody was going crazy about it, right? So, man, do I, do, I can't, I don't even know if I have a clip of that. Because this is probably the best moment in power. 
the best the the best moment of just my favorite moment. One of my favorite moments of Power Two. My favorite one of my first favorite moments was the end of one when when Tyreek is sitting up there in that red suit and he's fucking everybody up at the court and he gets off. But but this this is probably my next favorite. Probably now it's become my favorite. It's replaced Tyreek in the red suit. But let me see if I can find a clip. I gotta see if I can find a clip so it can say it is uh Tyreek Ghost Letter. Let's see if we can find that clip. Man, but when Tyreek is sitting in jail, all you power fans, you know what happened. Let me see, is it uh oh yeah, here it is. I think we got a clip. Let's see. Okay. I gotta see if I can get this uh clip up here. Okay. I think this is it. Okay, here it is. I'm going to let you guys listen. Lawyers Tyreek taps into his inner Canaan 
and his inner Tommy, and his inner Tasha, and his inner ghost. This is where Tyreek becomes the monster we need Tyreek to be. He needed jail. He needed to sit his ass in jail, and he needed that letter from his daddy. Because he was acting like, oh, Tyreek, wasn't he? The last couple of weeks, except for the Monet would go off, he was acting like, oh, Tyreek, he was doing dumb shit. But this, this little letter, this one, this thing about I knew you end up here, little right where you belong. That ain't nothing like that to make you a criminal just like your daddy. And Tyreek needs jail. Oh, my God. Look at us rooting for criminality. Oh, my God, I love it. I love Power 2. You guys haven't seen it. I just spoiled it for you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but the shit was good. You guys got to get check out uh, Power 2. This five. And what we got, we got another week. Man, I can't wait. Is somebody going to drop that shit? You know how y'all usually drop the shit early? Nobody's doing it. Here's, wait, let me sideboard again. Courtney Kemp said on her live that it wasn't, that isn't her idea. She would love for all the episodes to be released. That's not her her call, that stars. Stars, release all the episodes early, like Netflix, so we can, we can all binge watch. Oh, my God. It would be so, because we can't stand this waiting. We got to wait another week to find out what the hell Tyreek's going to do. It's getting on my nerves. I hate this week-to-week shit. I be, I be, you know, I'm so used to Netflix shit now where I'm on Amazon Prime and all this stuff where I can see it all. <laughs> where I can binge watch. <laughs> This shit's old. Speaking of binge watching, I got to talk to y'all about something else, another show. I got to talk about it. BET Plus, the nerve of you, BET, again. I still talk shit about BET. The nerve of you putting good programming on the plus. The nerve of you, and you can't even give us good shit. We got the oval fucking on regular BET, but you make us pay for the good shit. Ain't that some shit? BET plus the dent, the nerve of them. Well, except there's a couple of that Tyler Perry thing. What's that little? The the <laughs> I watched a few episodes of that. What's the cult thing? Oh, they should put that on regular BET program. <laughs> but anyway, anywho, this on BET plus there is this show with Paula Patton starring Paula Patton. It was a movie at first called Sacrifice. It is every fucking thing that Empire should have been. Oh, yes! Everything that Empire should have been. Go get, what's his name? What's his name? What's, what's the man who, 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 who was directing Empire? Lee Daniels. Was it Lee Daniels' ass? Lee, you need to watch Sacrifice. You need to watch Sacrifice. It's everything your show should have been. Oh, my God. It's about a lawyer, a female lawyer, who was uh, whose parents were murdered? Who were in the music business when she was very young? Apparently, they belonged to some big shadowy thing in the music industry. Okay, which got her parents killed. And her mom was kind of like a big singer, and her father was kind of like a you know a big time exec. 
But what happens, and her grandfather's like this big-time exec, right, music exec, and what happens, her parents get killed, and she gets rescued from the car crash, but she doesn't know for years that she was in the car crash. And it's this mystery surrounding the way she grew up. But she grows up and becomes this big-time, huge music industry lawyer with all kind of shady clients and shit. Oh, my God, all kind of shady musical clients and all kind of stuff. And she's having an affair with this kind of Suge Knight character. It is so good. Paula Patton is back. This show was perfect for her. Oh, my God. It's a great show. I cannot say enough about Sacrifice. The first season, excellent, 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 excellent. Please don't go the way of Empire, okay? But excellent writing, fun to watch. Fun to watch Paula Patton in this type of energy, have this high-powered lawyer Oh, my God, it's so good. And I forget the other girl, the funny girl. She's been in a number. She was in um, Survival. uh, uh, Survival. What's the basketball show? She played the sister. And she's also been in, uh, played Kevin Kevin Hart's wife in The Real Housewives of Hollywood and stuff like that. I forget her name, but she's really funny. But she's also on there, has the other opposite lawyer to Paula Patton. Oh, my God, it is good. Can I just say, I can't say enough about sacrifice. Okay? I wanted to give you all that. Okay, next. My next story, thing I've been, been watching. Because we got to talk about this a little later on, okay? Megan Good, Harlem. Now, y'all been talking about shit about Harlem, like saying Harlem got Megan Good divorced. Really? <laughs> that little scene wasn't shit. I was like, I was expecting her to see her do something wild. She didn't really do nothing wild, but I digress. Anyway, Harlem, let's talk about Harlem. Harlem, the typical story about four women in New York City. It's kind of black, black sex in the city-ish, right? They have a kind of Carrie character in Megan Good, okay? And they have one. It, it reminds me, it's kind of sex in the city meets the 20s. If you've ever seen the 20s on BET, which I really love, that's what it's kind of like. They've got this Lena Waithe character, one gay friend, you know, and the other women who are best friends, they're all best friends, it's all four of them and everything, and their trials and tribulations and love and life. And at first, the first three episodes, I hate it. Facts. Okay. I was like, oh, my God, when is this show going to find its own voice? It happens around the fourth episode. Start to suddenly get interested. Making good starts to be suddenly become something else. It 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 just starts, and then they start hitting topics that are really good. Topics like I love where they talked about black women, how in healthcare and strength, and how sometimes black women are misdiagnosed for their strength and stuff like that. I mean, it's just so many. It's starting to get really good. I haven't seen all of Harlem yet, but I'm on like the sixth episode, and I'm really starting to like it. It's starting to become more its own voice, less fake sex in the city, more its own voice around the fourth episode, fourth, fifth episode. I'm liking where it's going. I hope it continues. And this role is perfect for Megan Good. This is one of the best roles she's had in a long time. You know, and I'll talk about it later on into the show. I think that being married to Devon, You know, she was trying to take a lot of roles that seemed really like not her. 
but that kind of helped her being a so-called preacher's wife, even though he's not really a preacher. I don't. He's kind of like a motivational. It's kind of confusing, but I'll talk about that a little later on. But this role is very much making good, and it's very perfect for her. She sits in it so well, and I'm glad to see her back doing what she does best, not playing a cop, not playing something, you know, weird. This is great for her. Megan always has to have some edge in a character, some sort of sassy, sexy, something different. She always has to, but whatever it is, that mysterious appeal has to come through because that's a lot of Megan. And some of the roles she had been taking, I think, I thought that was missing, but I really am starting to like Harlem. We'll see where it goes as it progresses, as for me, okay? And I will let you guys know when I complete the finished product, I will let you know how I felt about it. But so far, it, it, after the fourth episode, at the fourth episode, it started to blossom to me. Okay. All right. So it is time. Y'all like, woo, Carlotta. Woo, it's a lot here. Yes. Okay. If you missed it, go back and listen to it. Okay. But now it is time for It's a Word. I really, here's the thing. You know, lately I haven't been having a really It's a Word written down. Today I was doing my exercise, right? I was on the treadmill, and I was I was thinking, and all that kept popping up in my head was the story of Jonah, right? I kept thinking, why is the story of Jonah just popping up into my head, right? And it's been doing that for like the two last two days. Now some of you are out there going, what's the story of Jonah? Because some of y'all haven't probably heard of Jonah because y'all ain't read, you never read the Bible, okay? And it's okay, it's okay. There's this story in the Bible in the Old Testament about this prophet named Jonah, right? And today, today when I was listening to it, I had to re-familiarize myself because I hadn't read it in a while. And so sometimes what I do for fun, because I'm a, I'm a visual person, I'll go to YouTube or something like that and watch a cartoon or something like that of Jonah or whatever. And that's what I did today because the story kept popping up in my head. And I said, you know, I feel like God wants me to say something to my audience about, you know, because I'm a spiritual person. I know I cuss a lot, but I'm a spiritual person, okay? <laughs> but, you know, um, it wanted me to say something to you about that story. And as I was listening to the story today, and I remember, you know, I've read it a number of times, but the story of Jonah, Jonah is a prophet who is living in Israel <clears throat> in a neighboring country called Nineveh. Uh, they are wicked beyond belief, right? They they like having parties, doing all kind of stuff. It's like Hollywood. Like if you live next door to Hollywood, <laughs> that's what it's like, right? So Nineveh was living next door to kind of Hollywood of his day, right? They were wicked, greedy, doing all kind of crazy stuff, right? And so God says to uh, comes to uh, Jonah one day and says, Jonah. I'm about to take them out. I'm tired of Nineveh. Nineveh over there showing out. They acting crazy. They partying. They they gambling. They you know they doing kind of all kind of wild stuff over there in Nineveh. Nineveh, they just don't give a kick. They ain't giving a damn over there. Okay, they just having a ball over there. He don't care. Okay, nothing holy about Nineveh, <laughs> right? And so I'm getting ready to destroy them in a few in about forty days here. And and, and 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 because Jonah thinking he you know he all the man he in Israel and stuff he like okay God I understand why you got to destroy him they ain't all that and Jonah doesn't really like Nineveh either he knows what they are he like hey do what you got to do God you know what I'm saying 
But with God, it's always a twist. Hey, Jonah, but before I destroy them, I need you to do me a favor. Jonah like, okay, and what's that? I need you to go over there before I just take them all out and let them know that I'm gangster like that. And if they don't get themselves together, I will take their asses out. Now, that's what I would have said if I was God. You know, God didn't say asses, but I say asses. Let them know I will take their asses out, okay? Jonah's like, why should I go over there and tell them people, these crazy people over there, that you get ready to, if you get ready to take them out, why I need to go over there and minister to them? Why I need to go over there and tell, give them warning? I mean, you get ready to take them out, and I'm okay with that. Man, I need you to do what I need you to do, okay? I don't really, guys, like, I really don't want to destroy them, but I need you to go talk some sense into them. God goes away. Jonah's sitting there thinking about, like, I don't really like them people over there in Nineveh, over there in Hollywood. I don't really like them that much. Let them go straight down to the burning. Let them go straight to hell. I don't care. Matter of fact, I'm about to go on vacation. Forget what God's talking about. I'm here to go on vacation up in this joint. Let me see what I can do. I'm about to catch me a boat, roll out of here. I ain't doing nothing that God says do, okay? So Jonah decides he's going to run from the call of God, right? He's going to run. You know, a lot of us do that, okay? We're going to run. I'm gonna, I ain't got time. I ain't trying to do none of that. I ain't trying to go over there and talk to them people. He's going to get me killed. Going over. They don't like us no way. I'm coming over here trying to tell them to get right. They real evil. They'll take me out real quick. So Jonah gets on the boat and hangs out and stuff like that. And then he, when he gets on the boat, he decides he's going to take a nap, right? But while he's taking a nap, all hell breaks loose on this boat, okay? The boat starts uh, it starts being a storm at the sea. Uh, the boat starts being slashed back and forth. And, you know, the people on the boat are panicking saying, hey, wait a minute now. We have a problem. We're about to die. Our boat's about to be torn apart up in this joint, okay? And they couldn't. They all look and see Jonah sleeping. They can't understand. Why the heck are you sleeping in the middle of this storm? So they wake him up and say, hey, man, we about to die up in here. <clears throat> and Jonah's like, Oh, my goodness. Whoa, I know what this is about. Oh, whoa, this is, you know, and they these people on this boat, they were kind of like Nineveh. They served other gods and everything, but Jonah felt like he served the true living God. So Jonah said, this is the work of my God, the true living God. He's angry with me because I am not doing what I'm supposed to do. Just throw me off the boat, and it'll stop. And the people are like, we ain't going to throw you off the boat. You a good man. You a nice man. We ain't going to throw you out there to the to the sea. We, we'll throw some cargo and stuff off and just see, you know, see if that helps. Jonah like, it ain't going to help. I'm telling y'all right now. They throw the cargo off and it get worse. And then they finally come to the conclusion, Jonah, we got to throw your ass in that water. <laughs> All right? And so they throw him off the boat, right? Throw him off the boat and throw him into the sea. And if you ever heard the story, Jonah gets eaten, well, he gets swallowed by a whale. And the Bible says that he is in the belly of this fish for three days. And while he's in the belly of three days and three nights, does that remind you of anything? Kind of Bible kind of repeats. Jesus kind of has a lot of things in the New Testament. These are kind of always a lot to me. Some of the Old Testament stories are a lot. I think you find early things of Jesus, okay? But 
he's in the belly of the fish three days and three nights, and he's praying. He's like, God, I'm sorry. I'll go talk to them fools in Nineveh. <laughs> Just let me out of here. I'm sorry. I'm repenting. So the the fish spits him up after three days. He goes to Nineveh, and he begins to talk to the people of Nineveh and begins to tell them, hey, God about to come get y'all. Y'all better, y'all better chill with all this crazy stuff y'all doing up in here. You know how gangster he is. He said he's going to destroy y'all and everything in here in about 40 days. Y'all better get it straight. The king calls them, the pagan king they got calls them and says, what, what's going on? And, they, you know, Jonah tells them, hey, you about to get taken out in a few minutes. God ain't playing with y'all. So what happens? The whole city repents. And Jonah is done with his mission. But as he's going back, he's expecting God to still destroy to destroy the city. And God notices that he's mad because he, he, Jonah's looking like, they, he, they, he ain't destroying nothing. So God says to Jonah, what, wait a minute, Jonah, what's, what's the problem? He's like, I thought you was going to destroy him. What, what, what is this all about? And he said, God's like, I don't want to destroy any of my people. I love to give people second chances. That's not my, my first thing. That's why I wanted you to come, go talk to him, and you did your job well. And he had to explain to Jonah, even though you you disliked them and everything, every for what they've done, everybody deserves a second chance, just like you got, well, this is my addition, in the belly, that belly, that that whale, when that whale chokes you, you've got a second chance to go and minister to the people of Nineveh. Okay, so y'all like, Carlotta, this is one of your famous Bible stories for It's a Word. What does this mean? What are you saying right before the New Year's? There's a lot of things to that story, isn't it? And I kept thinking to myself, God, what are you trying to say to me here? Sometimes God gives you a mission, right? And you may find yourself, you may find yourself like, you know what, God, I don't like the mission. I mean, you know you have the capacity to do it. You know you have the passion to do it. You know you have the withdrawal to do it. But you like, God, you might not like the people you got to work with. You might not like the team you got to be with. You might not like nothing that's going on. you like, God, listen here, I don't want to go and be with them people. I don't want to do it. But God is calling you to that place. And you're like, serious, God? Really? Like, I don't want to go over there and mess with none of us. And you find yourself in a spiritual belly of a whale, meaning right now a lot of you are in a spiritual belly of a whale right now. You guys are like, Carl, what are you talking about? Right now some of you guys are miserable because you turned down a special mission or something that God or spirit or the universe had for you to do. But you said no. And you ran. Like Jonah. Well, I'm here today to tell you that in 2000, as we head towards 2022, pray your way out that belly, okay, and do what it was that you were originally called to do. And know that you may have to work with people that you don't like or maybe work with people that, you know, maybe you called to go talk to somebody about a certain situation to help them or something, and you really, like, you really don't want to help them. You're like, I don't really want to help them. I'd rather see them go down. But you feel in your spirit, God is calling you to help them, right? But you're not doing it because you of your own pride and your own reasoning, like Jonah, but you're the one called and you're the only one that can do it. 
And maybe you, you're thinking to yourself, hey, they don't deserve a second chance, but how many second chances in life have you gotten? Or maybe you think that the project doesn't deserve a second chance or the family members don't deserve a second chance. Or you, get, you get what I'm saying? I hope y'all get what I'm saying. What mission, what call have you left behind because you haven't liked the circumstances? You haven't liked exactly what you've been called to do. You couldn't call the shots on it. I know quite a few for myself. I was like, oh, no, God, we're not about to go here. We're not about to go here, God. <laughs> right? But it is what it is. So I am encouraging us to, as we go into 2022 to come out of our uh, spiritual wells, okay? Let the well spit us up so we can go on our missions that we're supposed to do. And some of them might be projects with people we don't like or projects with uh, 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 in places we don't like. Or, you know what I'm saying? But you know you're the man or the woman for the hour, okay? So I just want to encourage you guys today with that little story that your mission is always relevant and important if God, spirit, universe, whatever you call has you to do the work or cause you to do the work. You will you can't run. You can't run. Don't stay in the well of the belly all your life. Go ahead, let the whale spit you out and go about your mission. And you know what? God will wreck up a place to get to you. Can I tell you a story? Let me tell you all this story. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you I've had some stories, wild stories, you know, because I be trying to do some I be, you know, y'all know I'm kind of, I'm a spiritual girl, but I be kind of, I be kind of wild out of these streets. I'm an edge walker. God knows I be like, it's going to pull her little tail. She loves to walk on the edge. I walk on the edge, baby. I be trying to walk on the edge. <laughs> right? And so when I was in my, what was I, 20s? It's another, it's another, what was it? It's another relationship, bad relationship, where I just knew. I was like, God was like, you know me. What are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And I was trying to run for something, so I was, you know, I was running into this uh, relationship, and I was trying to run from something. God's like, listen, here, little, little something. I will wreck everything up to get to you. I'll wreck up that relationship to get to you. <laughs> and that's what God did. He started wrecking it up. Like, you ain't going to run. You ain't gonna run to this relationship to 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 to, to try to avoid my me, <laughs> right? So that's what he did to Jonah, right? Some of us we know that like what happened when Jonah was on the boat, everything was getting messed up because he didn't belong on that boat. You weren't supposed to be running on vacation with them people. He was supposed to have his butt in Nineveh doing what he was called to do. Same thing with a lot of y'all. Some of y'all know y'all wrecking your relationships. You're wrecking. That doesn't mean you can't be with the person you want to be with or you whatever. But some of y'all are wrecking y'all, uh, your daily lives in that place you're living, in the city you're staying in. Everything's a wreck. It's like Jonah. The boat's about to be torn up. You may have a spiritual boat that's about to be torn up, and people need to throw you over because you are failing to do your call. So that's another lesson I want to say to you. God will wreck up a place to get to you. Include relationships, friendships, all kind of marriages, all kind of things, whatever you think. <laughs> right? So that is my, it's the word today. I hope y'all understand it and get it, okay? <laughs> and that's it. Okay, that's my, it's a word for the day.
okay? Don't try not to be like Jonah, but if you go on the Jonah journey, understand it is when it's time to come out the belly and to go and do your call, do what God is calling you to do, whether it's uncomfortable, whether it's not so great for you, whatever, because it's always going to be on you. You can't run. You can't run, <laughs> okay? Oh, wow. So 2022, let the Jonah story guide you, all right? That's kind of like about revisiting your purpose knowing you have a mission and not running from your purpose. It was this song I used to like years ago by this group. used to be this group out years ago I used to love in the gospel. used to sing gospel music, the Anointed, I think that was their name. And they had this song called For the Sake of the Call. That used to be my song. That's what you guys should listen to, okay? Anointed for the Sake of the Call, I think that was their name, okay? All right. Okay, it, when I get back, we're going to talk about Gisseline Maxwell. Mm-hmm. They saying Gisseline about, 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 about to out everybody in these streets. Now, I think Gisseline is a red herring for the ages, okay? And you're like, Carla, what you mean she's a red herring? I think she's a total, I think the whole thing is a total fake. But, you know, we'll talk about that when we get back. Also, we'll talk about these uh, it's the stuff shutting down all out here, including Walmarts. We'll talk about uh, y'all comparing Beyonce to Michael Jackson. Did I get to talk about that the other week? I don't think I did. I don't think it was out yet that people were comparing Beyonce to Michael Jackson. I'm going to have to check into Is my Ramada in key ready? Is it ready? Okay, I need my key. I need my key. I'm going to the Ramada in tonight. I am. I'm checking all the way in. Okay. I know. I know Beyonce fans. You always check in. I'm checking in. Beyonce, I'm checking in. Okay. I got it already ready. All right. So we are gonna talk about her. I talk about Miss Tina's new show. Oh, Miss Tina interviewed our man. Miss Tina interviewed our bae. It's not just my bae. It's Miss Tina's bae too. Miss Tina got a crush. Miss Tina, you got a crush on Maxwell. I know you do. I know you do. I know her. I recognize it. We all do. I get it, Miss Tina. <laughs> Miss Tina's like. Bitch, if I was about 10, 20 years younger, Maxwell would be in trouble up in these streets. <laughs> I wasn't married to this, this Lawson up in here. <laughs> We're going to talk about that, uh, her interview with uh, Maxwell. We're going to talk about Elon Musk coming for Facebook. And uh, Megan and Devon Franklin, how it quits, right? Right before Christmas. I mean, Devon files for divorce. <laughs> we got to talk about that. whole lot more on the CC show. Meanwhile, oh, what do you guys want to listen to? I thought I had it all set up. You know, let's listen to, uh, let's listen to God is a Genius by Kevin Ross. It's the CC show. I'm Carlotta. I'll be packing them over, y'all.
out of world, mind like on a roll, talk like she can get me hot with the convo. Then we fight like Battle of the Alamo. What you do? Oh, here we go. Skin caramel, fine like baby hair cute. But she gon' raise a lot of hell. Truth is, I'm running out a lot to tell. New chick, I'm the new chick. I done lost count of excuses about why we can't be exclusive. Yeah. But I'll be damned if I lose it. Yeah. I can't say I never knew it. I can't plan with your heart that's foolish. Sometimes when I think. What we could have been Hoping and dreaming we get back to the game Festival season We thought it never end Holding your hand Holes in my plan Tears in your eyes Walking up the doctors I've been feeling genocide Baby, don't cry I know you're terrified And girl, so am I But here's just a peace of mind I hope we both Manipulated them and served them up to be sexually abused. 
she is expected to receive a significant prison time. According to Lichman, there are de- there are defendants who, in the eyes of the government, are so bad that it does not want to strike a deal in exchange for testimony. Now, I don't believe that. They don't want to take the hand of someone involved in a criminal operation, sure, <laughs> and let them cooperate against people who are well below them, right? That may be the case here. They just fed feel that she's so bad they won't allow her to cooperate. See this? You know, either way they're going to make her a fall guy. Oh, she's too bad to get a deal. What? She was just a man. Listen, I ain't saying she was great, but she was just a man's girlfriend participating in some stupid ass bad shit, okay? Now, I don't really know what she did because a lot of these stories is 20 and 30 years ago, and they taking people's words for it. Now, here's what I always say. And I'm different from other people out there. I don't just be like, oh, yes, she's horrible, she's guilty, she's guilty. You know, I'm a person that believes if 100 people, I do believe celebrities and famous cases and stuff like that, they have to be vetted twice as much, and there's a couple of reasons I believe that. I think, first of all, everybody should, is, is, has, a, has a right to a fair trial, okay? However, I think that when, uh, when you're talking about regular Joe Blow down the street or regular Joe, Jane, Jane down the street, if 100 people comes out on regular Joe Blow and Jane down the street, there's nothing to gain from it, usually, most of the time, unless it's a famous case or something. There's not a lot to gain, okay? So, you know, uh, it's, it's unusual for 100 people, even though to me 100 people still should be vetted and everything to come forward on Joe Blow and Jane down the street because there's nothing to be gained. When we talk about celebrity big cases, famous cases, and stuff like that, well, you got to make sure every witness and every person that says they've been abused and stuff are vetted to the fullest. The reason why I say that is because people have a lot to gain from famous cases like this. You know how many motherfuckers going to come out of here with a book deal who just sell the jury? <laughs> people who, who accused this woman or uh, whatever her and Jeffrey was doing back in the day and shit. You know, it's going to be so many people. They got a lot to gain. So people will do a lot of crazy shit for fame, including lie. Okay, people will lie for no reason at all. So, you know, as we seen in Michael Silas's case, people will lie just for no I'm not saying that's what's going on with Gisseline. I believe Gisseline and Jeffrey Epstein was involved in some shit. I just feel like they they the foul guys. I don't feel like they was the trafficking kingpin. Okay. <clears throat> so let me explain what I think Gisseline Maxwell is. And it's my conspiracy one-on-one. And, you know, you can take my conspiracy with a grain of salt because I have no proof for it. But I actually think Gisseline is a red herring, a distraction, a look over here while we do some other shit over here. <laughs> I believe Jeffrey Epstein was the one they needed to get. I believe it's so much stuff involved in the whole thing with Jeffrey Epstein and Gisseline, including, you know, spy shit, all kind of shit people say going on in that. It's, a, it's not just sex trafficking. We're talking about a hodgepodge of all kind of shit. Some people say they was part of Mossad. Some people say they was part of this. They spying. They was all kind of It's some real shit going on when you look into Jeffrey Epstein and, and Gisseline Maxwell. Okay? It's some real shit. Now, when we talk about deep, talking about dark secrets of elites, you think they're going to let that shit come out? 
You know who was the real dangerous one was Jeffrey's ass. Jeffrey's ass was so dangerous. They, you still ain't heard that. You ain't heard them trying to ask them two security guards who the fuck paid. How the fuck y'all y'all let somebody get in there? Y'all didn't stay watching Jeffrey Epstein. They just put suicide on and let it go. Because they don't want to go up that tree, okay? They don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Because they know somebody killed his ass more than likely, okay? Why? Because he had the real shit. Now, what I really believe is Gisseline is the elite people. You're like, Carlotta, what you mean? I believe y'all needed to get somebody. Y'all needed to get some. They, they needed somebody to go on trial. Hey, and if she's a, if they, if people are, if they half as involved in spy shit and all this shit as people say they are, I don't know out in these streets. But if they are, all people, ha- all they had to do was say, get something, you know what, let me tell you something. Here, we need you to go on trial for this case. We need you to be the girlfriend that, you know, did all this wild shit with him so the public could have put a face to Jeffrey Epstein so we could put his ass to rest and nobody asked any more about these sex trafficking deals. Yeah, we might throw a couple of famous men under the bus and celebrities because, you know, we got to throw something out there, right, you know? But you're going to be a red herring and so are they. Now, this I believe the whole case might have been full of shit. But I'm a, I'm a conspiracy theorist like that. That Gisseline is actually probably working with the elite. But, you know, that's my conspiracy theory. And that her ass was thrown out there as a distraction. So that when she throw a couple of big names out there, y'all be like, that's it, that's all it was. No, no, no. They, and she might even throw out Donald Trump's name. And let me tell you why she might even throw out Donald Trump's name. Because the elites really don't want Donald Trump to run because of, they, want, they, don't want him to, they don't want him to fuck up globalism. Okay, so Donald, watch your back out there because you was in some pictures and shit, okay? I'm not saying he was great. I'm just saying, you know, I mean, there's a whole lot of shit. You talking about Prince Philip. They don't give a fuck about throwing Prince Philip under the bus. What is he in line? He's way down the line. She don't give a shit. <laughs> I even say, so they might throw out a couple of names. Who will be the red hearings? But let me say my suspicion will happen is that Gisseline will look like she's going to jail. And that bitch might be living on a beach in the Bahamas somewhere, and they say every month, they say, girl, can you fly? We're going to fly you back to America to make an appearance in jail so people can think you in here. And she'll, she'll come out and eat in jail, and then y'all think she in jail, and they put her back in solitude. <laughs> and they'll have one prisoner talking about how they friends with her, <laughs> or maybe two or three. I mean, I believe shit like this really go on because – the government and the elite world and the and the wealthy and everything is that fuck it's that fucking gangster. And I know we don't like to see shit like that. It's so dark to believe our world is controlled by some monsters. But yes, and they will do anything not to let they ass be caught. You know how many fucking people that's probably been on that island? They not gonna give you half of them people. I don't even believe some of them were the real girls that's that's giving. Tra- I, don't, I think the real girls who's, who's having sex with the real elites, they ain't gonna be saying shit. The only know the only person they've been talking about is Prince Philip all the time. I'm just saying, you ain't gonna hear the real shit. Okay, I, this is some this is some wow. This is some this is some this is some scandalous shit that y'all will never know. 
I said it here. You will never throw. They'll throw a few of them under the bus, a couple of them. Maybe some of you celebrities who was riding in Epstein's plane, you might be in trouble. You might be a foul guy. They may throw your ass. They may Lee Harvey Oswald your ass, okay? But, it, you know, anything for the greater good of the elite, right? You ain't going to find out if it was some real people up in that shit. I ain't saying, but what if it's somebody like huge, real, like huge in royalty? You don't know who the fuck was on that plane. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, it's hard to kind of understand what Jeff, because you could have been riding on a plane and nothing really been going on because he was a billionaire, and he did have access to all kind of people. So it's hard to prove. But Gisseline, I don't know. I think she might be here to throw a couple under the bus that they want to get rid of in the elite world. You know what I'm saying? So that's my Carlotta 101 theory. I don't trust this case at all, and I don't trust her. Elon Musk Musk pokes fun at the metaverse, trashing the idea that anyone wants to strap up a screen to their face the entire day. (laughs) Elon, have you seen the kids on Snapchat, Snapchat, chat, Instagram, and Twitter? It's an all-fucking-day thing. (laughs) I know it's crazy to believe because you come from a, a generation who would never stay in the house all day. But these kids today... Oh, they'll put a ver- they'll put a thing to their head and stay on it all fucking day. According to Yahoo News, Elon Musk has taken aim at metaverse hype, poking fun at the idea people will flock to virtual worlds. The Tesla boss said he can't in- in- envision anyone strapping a screen to their face all day and not wanting to ever leave. Musk told the Babylon Bee he might face criticism for being cynical, but he doesn't see a compelling case yet. Elon Musk has made it clear to Metaverse fans he has no time for the idea of virtual worlds and living life as an avatar. I don't know if necessary. You remember Bruce Willis did a movie about that years ago, about people living life as through avatars. I totally believe it. I don't know if necessarily uh, buy into this Metaverse stuff. Tesla CEO said Tuesday in an interview with a uh, um, satanical site, the Babylon Bee, although people talk to me a lot about it, okay, uh, a satirical site. Uh, hype has been building around the potential of the metaverse where plots of land have sold for millions of dollars and big brands like Nike have jumped in. Wall Street has gotten excited about opportunities in virtual world and Web3. The next generation of the Internet that underpins the metaverse, Jeffrey Analysis believes that it it has the potential to disrupt almost everything in humans' lives. Musk is not convinced, and he poked fun at the suggestion people will willingly wear virtual augmented reality headsets for big chunks of their day just to wander a futuristic virtual landscape. Well, if you keep having shit like COVID, I, I really I really can see it happening. Okay, and listen, I have told you guys about this one world or whatever that. Me and my friends used to play in that's a virtual world years ago on uh, on here, and I forget the I think that's the name of one world. I forget the name of it, but you could have an avatar. You could go to clubs. You could have a house there. You could do all kind of things. They had nude beaches. You could walk around on the nude beach as your avatar. You could interact with people. They even had sex rooms. They had all kind of shit. Okay, and that's when the internet was slow as fuck. I mean, we used to take us. Uh, uh, about five minutes of transport, <laughs> teleport. 
Because I used to have this thing where you teleport to the next city and the next place. <laughs> but, you know, I could totally see it. They would have concerts, all kind of stuff. I could totally see them doing this shit, it, especially if people bored at home and trapped in the house because of viruses and people scared to go out. Now, see, I'm a person that likes to live life. You ain't keeping me in the fucking house all day with my head sitting on I got a life. But mo- you think of mofos that don't got no life, but they got a life in metaverse. In metaverse, you ain't shit in the real world, but in metaverse, you the shit. You can't you see can you see what goes on there, Elon? You can see how people staying in the house all day. You might not be shit in your real life, but you put on them them glasses and jump into the virtual world, and you got that fine ass uh 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 what is it what is it what is this, this is fine ass what is it a, a, a virtual person up there that don't look shit like you and you walking through and you the man and you the woman shit. You think people can't stay on that shit all day like they do Facebook, Instagram, and and all this shit? Oh, hell yes, Elon. Yes, they can. And they will. This is the kind of world me and you can't imagine it because we, we got fucking lives. But people who don't and want a life in that world, and it's even people who do have a life. And this will, will help influence. Can you see celebrities? Like, what if you can go in a, go to a party with Lenny Kravitz in the virtual world? You can't do that shit in real life, but you can go to a party and interact with Lenny. I always take Lenny Kravitz on <laughs> Shit, you can go to where the virtual world interact with Maxwell's ass, okay? You interact, you be like, hey, what up? And you... In the virtual world, you think motherfuckers won't be doing that? Yes, and celebrities won't be drawing them in like the, like the, like the Eve Apple, taking a bite. Come on, come on in here. You know you want to bite this virtual reality apple. I'm in here. <laughs> I can see, I can see Liddy holding out the apple to me. Come on in, Carlotta, bite this apple with me. <laughs> I'd be like, oh shit, I'm about to go in there with Liddy. <laughs> in the virtual world. Let me put on my virtual world outfit. You can, you see how this works? <laughs> It'll be celebrities who will be the eaves of this virtual world. <laughs> and Nike and all these people will be dressing it up. <laughs> terrible. The world is terrible. It's terrible. It's got to end at some point. It can't go on like it is. Man. Jesus is coming soon. Oh, Lord, it's a mess. It's a mess out here in these streets. I got to get myself together. <laughs> this is a crazy world. We, it's, we going crazy. We losing it. It's the end times. I said what I said. Oh, Lord. Elon can't see it happening. Elon, you crazy. You don't know how bad society has gotten. It's actually come to that point where people would love to just live, live in the real world. And I tell you, the, the seducers of the virtual world will be celebrities. I thought they asses was going to be done because of COVID. You know, they, the concerts and shit might be done, but they may be doing them virtually. <laughs> What's next do I talk about? Beyonce and Blue Ivy helping uh, Jay-Z. Oh, no, not Beyonce. Yeah, okay. Is it Beyonce I'm talking about next? It was something else I wanted to talk about before Beyonce. 
was it? We talked about Gisseling. We was we was gonna talk about Walmart. Let's talk about Beyonce. You know, I might as well get ready to check into the remodel in first. You know, get it over with. <laughs> Jay Z last a couple weeks ago was just you know out here trying to publicity seek. <laughs> and according to Hip Hop uh, com, Jay Z was out in these streets trying to uh, say his wife is an evolution. Is he what's that? What he saying of Michael Jackson? I mean, you know, just putting her name in the same sentence with Michael Jackson, just trying to throw her in there as a red herring. You know, like you know, listen. I believe Beyonce is talented. A talented, she can sing. She's a very talented, hardworking uh, robot out in these streets. And she literally—I mean, she's really a robot for real. It's just facts. I, you know, I don't believe—I don't believe her ass is real no more. She don't talk. <laughs> when she do talk, it's like she's under hypnosis. <laughs> if anybody out in these streets is fucking MK Ultra, it might be Beyonce's ass. Go check on her ass. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, you know, press poop in that elevator. When her ass is set there, she was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When Solange was kicking his ass, she was like, her ass is checked all the way out. She was like, Poop. Beyonce's a robot, okay? But while I think she's talented and stuff, I think she's talented in a overhyped burlesque dancer singer kind of way. I mean, I compare people to Beyonce to people like Josephine Baker. She reminds me of, she has some Josephine Bakerish to her, a little bit of Tina Turner, a little bit of Janet, but a lot of it's burlesque. You know what I'm saying? A lot of it's sexy, seductive, you know, and pretty. She's pretty, right? So that's a lot of the Beyonce allure. Now, it doesn't mean I don't think she's a great singer. I do. I think she's a decent thing. I mean, decent. You know, I don't think she's no Whitney Houston, but she's good. See, Beyonce said some good things. But let me get to this. It says, Beyonce is a first-class entertainer. This is my words. They, that can't be disputed. This this is hiphopdx.com. But has some of the most famous pop stars in the world, she's subjected to scrutiny. Some praise her ability to sing, dance, while others find her grossly overrated. Jay-Z, however, is her biggest fan, and he should be. He's her husband, and always speaks highly of his superstar wife. On Tuesday, uh, uh, Jay-Z joins Alicia Keys for a Twitter Spaces chat where he addressed the comparison between the late Michael Jackson and Beyonce, okay? as far as he's concerned, Beyonce has surpassed the king of pop in terms of accomplishments. <laughs> he's delusional. But you know he's doing, he's talking this shit for a reason. You know why he's doing it. He's just trying to, because th- he knows his wife ain't really all that. I mean, in terms of Michael Jackson, well, he's trying to, like, let's see if they bite it. Let's just let them talk about it. Because as long as they're talking about it, we get shit started. Okay. B's gonna be mad at 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 this for saying for saying this, but Michael Jackson never had a Coachella. Oh Lord, help me, Jesus! Michael Jackson never had a Coachella. I, I think he means what he means by Coachella. Michael Jackson was on television at once with everybody watching him. Michael Jackson didn't need that. Michael Jackson 
made the world, he came along when the world was a much larger place before the internet. And Michael Jackson didn't have to have that shit. Michael Jackson was Coachella wherever the fuck he went. He sold out stadiums, not half a stadium. Like, uh-uh, not half. Not giving away tickets. Oh, oh, oh. Not streaming records. Oh. Not faking streams. Oh. Wasn't it title that was accused of faking them streams allegedly? I'm not. I'm not uh, she, uh, because she watched him at nine, he said, and kids are the same. Find me, find me another concert that has culturally relevant and thrilling as Coachella. Uh, Beyonce was very good. Homecoming was one of my favorites from Beyonce. I thought she did a hell of a job, hell of a job. But I've seen live singers, uh, who don't have to do all the bells and whistles that have given great shows, just as great as shows as that. I mean, Beyonce just had a larger stage. I've seen people with a smaller stage do great things on stage. But he says, Beyonce is going to be one of the best singers we've ever heard because she is such a student. Beyonce has long been predicted to be at least the same level as Michael Jackson in 2015. Charlamagne the guy, Vibe TV Queen B is the MJ of our generation. No, she's not. I'm a Beyonce Charlemagne said fan. Charlemagne said, I think she's dope. I think she's the greatest entertainer that our generation has seen. I mean, the previous generation had Michael Jackson, but for our generation, I think it's Beyonce. No, I think Beyonce is the hardest working uh, artist. I don't think Beyonce is the greatest of her generation. I don't think Beyonce is as great as Janet Jackson as far as dance is concerned. If you watch a burlesque show, uh, you will see Beyonce is a burlesque. Entertainer Beyonce is very sexy and seductive. I think people take that as the sexiness and seductiveness of her performances. She's so alluring with that Scorpio moon that it seduces y'all into thinking she's a lot better than what she what she looks like. And plus, she works really fucking hard at it. Like she's taken a lot of seductive dance and she's made that popular. A seductive dance. Now, what Janet and Michael did was a different thing. They were actually dancing, and they were actually selling records. Michael Jackson sold 150 million albums world, and still selling, probably 200 now, still selling to this day with one record. One. One, one, that's her whole career. They ain't even, including Destiny Child. That's about a, she ain't even got that included. It's about a hundred million at Destiny Child, and I think those numbers are fudge. Probably about a hundred million at, with all the Destiny Child albums. <laughs> Michael Jackson, bitch, she ain't even Adele. <laughs> she ain't even Adele. Adele, one record, Adele come out here and sell 20 to 30 minutes. Beyonce's ass ain't even a deal. Tell Beyonce sit her ass down. Sell some records, Beyonce. Black is king, eleven thousand. Was it? No, no. They say no. It's probably a little bit more than that now, isn't it? <laughs> I ain't the, the give. What's the what's it called? Black is king got to get. Y'all know the twin, the Gemini album. Shit, I don't know. All I'm saying. Stop it. 
Jay-Z, stop that bullshit. You know your wife ain't no Michael Jackson shit. Have you ever seen Michael Jackson? Y'all ain't never seen Michael Jackson before. I remember going as a child to see Michael Jackson. I remember mofos, men, women. Ain't no motherfuckers. I've been to four or five Beyonce concerts. I ain't seen no motherfuckers crying and screaming and fainting. Uh, no offense, but I've seen a lot of you gay men doing cr- screaming. But I ain't seen nobody else, okay? I ain't seen nobody screaming, hollering. No. Michael Jackson, motherfuckers, they was carrying people out in ambulances. Motherfuckers was fighting in the audience, hollering. Michael Jackson wasn't even moving. He was just standing there. The music wasn't even playing. People just, ah! People followed out. White, black, pink, purple, yellow, green, all around the world. Bitches, ain't nobody following out about Beyonce's ass. I'm going to get y'all shit out of here. Ain't nobody following out to Bootylicious. What the fuck he talking about? Ain't nobody following out to Blackest King. <laughs> Independent women bullshit. What else? <laughs> I can't think of some more stuff. What's the new ones? Pardon. I might have passed out on uh, Coachella when she did that walk. Shit, I was like, yes, bitch. I, I might have passed out just a smidge. Cause that was so dope. But it wasn't passed out in the Michael Jackson kind of way. It's like, yeah, stop. It's like, that's cute. That's dope. It wasn't on Michael Jackson pass out where they had to carry me out in the ambulance. No, motherfuckers was passing out in the ambulance. You ain't never seen that. And this was worldwide. Michael Jackson would have 20, maybe 50 Coachellas in a year. And if Michael Jackson had did that This Is It concert, motherfuckers would have been falling out in England when he was 50-some years old. <laughs> Michael Jackson, ain't nobody standing out in front of Beyonce and Jay-Z's house day and night. Just waiting to catch a glimpse. People don't come from around the world, just sit out in front of their house and be like, oh, this is, oh, when is he coming out? Michael Jackson had motherfuckers living at his estates and stuff coming up. I'm just here to see Michael. I, I talked to him. I went into Michael Jackson. Where you, y'all ain't nowhere near. No, the beehive is nuts. And, it's, and I can name the nutty parts of the beehive, but they ain't even that nuts. They fake like they nuts about Beyonce, but it's only come when it comes to concert time. But they record sales and all that, they really not all that nuts. Michael Jackson's fans was for real. Yeah, I'm talking about you talking about crazy fans. I'm talking about fans. Listen, Michael Jackson's fans would stay outside of his house. They stay outside the Jackson's house. I mean, this was for years. People coming from around the world, I just went to see him. The night that he died, fans were standing out in front of the fucking house. I've had some of them on the show. I've talked to some of them. I can't deal with y'all talking about Michael Jackson and Beyonce. Ain't nobody coming to check for Beyonce's ass like that. Bitch, try to break a Dale's record first. Shit. Talking about Michael Jackson. She's up here talking about Michael She's the next Michael Jackson. Do a burlesque then. Girl, you ain't even Janet Jackson. Get out of here. Get out of here. I won't let y'all do this. Stop it. Stop. Stop, stop, stop. Janet Jackson. The nerves. The delusions of grandeur. Of grandeur. Oh, God, I can't. I 
It makes me so hot. Where's my Kita Ramada in? Is it available? Can I go check in now? These two motherfuckers. And Beyonce does not care about you saying it because she likes to be hyped like that too. But no, Beyonce, no, no, no. You are a Michael Jackson without a thriller. And I know you motherfuckers are going to come out here and try to stream 150 million fake streams and then try to say with the next album, she's the new Michael Jackson. Or you motherfuckers might even go out and buy. No, what they'll do is do something like, what's that Samsung thing they did where it said, you buy, we're going to give Beyonce's album away for a penny and then count it as record sales. <laughs> nah, bitches. Michael Jackson was selling albums at eight ninety nine a pop. Now, they might be going out and buy some, a few of them back in the day. I don't know. But what I will say is, motherfucker. See, let me just say, talk about the Beyonce age, okay? Here's where it gets bad for singers and artists in the Beyonce age. And I've talked about this several times on the show, okay? And I might have to go on a break in a minute because my break time is coming. And I may have to continue this. After I go on my break. But let me tell you about these entertainers and the Beyonce. Beyonce got fucking food out here. See, what happened was, and this is my, this is only Carlotta one-on-one's opinion, okay? This is Carlotta's opinion about Beyonce. Beyonce's ass thought she was going to be a Michael Jackson, okay? That's why her daddy, back in them days, you know, when they, before Live Nation came in, her daddy said, we don't need no middleman, because he knew. Like, bitch, I'm barely standing, I can barely stand at these little stadiums, these little concerts, I guess. You know, but Live Nation's ass, allegedly in the streets, was coming along saying, you know what, we can make you big. We can do it. We're going to get big concerts, big shows, and all that shit. Now, ain't no telling how many of these concert tickets they ain't gave away, you know, they ain't gave away through radio stations and all that shit, and, you know, you know, setting up the numbers. I, I'm just saying, this is call out a one-on-one theory. Okay, theory, theory, okay? Now... You buy all that hype, all that Michael Jackson hype. You and your husband buy all this fucking Michael Jackson hype without being able to sell records. You dumb as fuck. They gon' they gonna have y'all asses buy y'all necks for the rest of your life. Whenever they say tap dance, you motherfuckers is gonna be out there tap dancing. Y'all thought Alicia Keys thought her ass was trapped in a bad-ass deal for 20 years with Sony. No, you motherfuckers, Jay-Z and Beyonce, is trapped in a bad... Listen, you think they the ones. I know y'all do, because cause of Rock Nation and all this bullshit, but there's people behind that shit. And these motherfuckers done bought more hype than anybody I've ever seen. And they can't... They really can't... They really don't do good on the hype. So I'm eventually seeing payday coming. Where they realize where the people who backing them start saying, you know what, this motherfucker did just sell two, try to sell a, we did just try to sell two albums from this 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 so-called Michael Jackson, and she couldn't break, she could, we had to repackage the album twice. <laughs> the last three to four albums have been quite the bust. I mean, for Michael Jackson hype, one day they gonna say it. One day, the chickens will come home to roost. And that is why Jay-Z and Beyonce sells themselves in a number of ways, because they got to pay the piper. 
JC is a, I'm a, he's an executive. He's selling Ace of Spades. He's selling all kind of shit because he got to pay for the Michael Jackson hype. And you can't pay. Michael Jackson couldn't hardly pay. Jesus. Oh, God. I can't do it tonight because if I do it tonight, I don't want the record people to be mad at me out in these streets. But you see where Michael Jackson is at right there. Do you see where Michael Jackson You see where Michael Jackson Michael Jackson was calling people, they say, telling them, people after me, I'm scared for my life. And he sold 150 million albums with one record. You motherfuckers can't break 10 million hardly anymore. And you buying all this hype and lying? Ooh, the price is going to be high. Ooh, ooh, it's going to be high out of the street. Ooh, ooh. Ooh, Beyonce, this next tour, y'all, y'all better do it up. She, that's why she ain't been on tour in a while. They like, sit your ass down for a minute because we had to, they probably had to, you know, because remember that last tour, when that last on the run tour, when they didn't release the album, they had to release the album real quick because it, allegedly the other one, they were, it wasn't selling that good at first. And so they had to release the album real quick. Now let's see how, look up and see how well that did. <clears throat> I'm just telling you, these y'all out here playing games, hyping yourself up as Michael Jackson. Coachella ain't going to pay the paper. Coachella doing it on the Internet ain't going to pay the paper. Now, the advertisements was probably real good for me. They say, yeah, that's good, that's nice, that's nice. But remember, you can't sell no records. Black is king, how much money do we put in that shit? And we barely we barely could crack the top twelve of Disney. Oh, the Tiffany advertisements were a fucking bust, a disaster. Who are you motherfuckers comparing yourselves to? Stop. I'm not gonna go through this. I gotta stop. I can't. I'm not I'm checking into Ramadi and I'm done for the night. I've checked in. No, I got one more article before I check in. I think I'm gonna save that till after the break. Mama Tina, I do got love for your show, though. But I ain't going to have such love. I got to talk about the Oscars because they, they up for an Oscar. They buying more hype. And I'm trying to give them warning. Don't buy no hype. Don't lie. Don't lie. It costs when you lie. It costs when you overhype yourself in this kind of business, in that kind of business. But who am I? I'm just a little... Podcaster who happens to just read up on Amish and read and see the world of. Man, don't listen to me. Anyway, we're going to go on break and I'm going to come back and talk about the extra hype they're buying, trying to buy an Oscar now. <laughs> well, allegedly out in these streets, okay? They want an Oscar. They want to make history. Where are they going to be trying to be the first husband and wife duo? Nominated at the Oscars. Oh, I ain't finished with these bitches yet. I'm, I'm not all the way checked out. I'm gonna check it to the Ramada in, but let me do it in a few minutes. We gonna play. We gonna play some music, and we gonna check our asses in. <laughs> it's all good, okay. Meanwhile, let's listen to some music, and I'll be back. I'm gonna get it together. Here is Lucky Day with Earth, Wind, and Fire. You want my love? I'll be back in a second. It's the CC show, y'all. <laughs> Oh my God, I'm so crazy. I'm not. I don't have no friends. I gotta have more friends.
talking your thoughts Keep telling you you're feeling me too So why you keep it bottled up? Open up and let me show you what I can do I got nothing to prove If the pressure too hard And baby I can turn it loose Good times, tell me baby what you waiting on Your eyes say they don't wanna be alone I want you You want me
like that is so to so I keep on moving one of my favorite jams. I love that. I'm Carlotta. I am Kimmy Street. What are you talking about? Jay-Z and Beyonce. My fave. <laughs> Y'all like, that's a lie. <laughs> uh, I'm actually a fan. Seriously, I know it doesn't seem like it. But, you know, I have to bring a little truth. You know? I know, I tell the truth. Sometimes I'm, I'm too much. You know, the Michael Jackson thing is this. Please. But let's talk about this next thing. Why Beyonce and Jay-Z are on track to make history at the 2022 Oscars? Oh, my God. It may just just be Oscar gold everything for Beyonce and Jay-Z. The powerhouse couple is one step closer to becoming Oscar nominated after they both named Best Original Song category at the upcoming 894. Uh, see, they were both named in the best, uh, in a short list for the best original song category at the upcoming 95th Academy Awards. The list of 15 contenders, which was announced on December 29th, recognized Beyonce's Be Alive from King Richard and Guns Go Bang, Jay Z's collaboration with Kid Cudi from The Harder They Fall. If Beyonce and Jay Z are nominated, it will be the first time in Oscar history that married couple will face off against one another in the same category, according to Variety and Billboard. <sighs> okay, they they would love that to happen, and they're going to give it to them because the Oscars needs the fucking ratings. They are ratings kings. That's one thing they do well. But you know, they have to buy the you know the nomination. <laughs> I mean, not buy the nomination. They have to get you nominated, not by. Oh, get you, you. It's a lot of shit to get nominated. It is. And they have to buy that hype. Well, not buy that hype. Well, they do have to buy because they have to. You know, they have to campaign for you to win these things. Okay. It's what it is. You got. You got to know this. She would love to win an Oscar. Be Alive is okay. It sounded great with that song, with that. When I heard Be Alive by itself, it was, eh. but when you hear it with the movie, it's great. Uh, no, they might buy it this year. Who knows? I don't know. But, you know, I kind of want these people to win an Oscar because they need to complete the overhyped circle. You know what I'm saying? Just complete it all. Complete the overhype. You thinking your Michael Jackson up in this? I don't think they understand the price that they get. That, you know. I don't. I don't think everybody. I remember I always talk about my Jackie Jasper interview because I feel like Jackie had was a very interesting. If you ever go back in the archives, I don't even know if we have that. You can reach those old shows in the archives anymore. But years ago, I interviewed Jackie Jasper, who used to do uh, the gossip fight. Uh, uh, the uh, Diary of a Hollywood Black King or whatever. And I forget the name of it. But Jackie said some really interesting things on that, on that show. And one of the things he talked about was the Michael Jackson marketing plan. And I remember he said, you know, a lot of these people today have the Michael Jackson marketing plan, but they don't, they can't sell records like Michael. They can't, 
and it's a different time. It's a different base. So what, what now they're being used has product placement people because they can't sell records. And if we were in a time where they were selling records, I still don't believe Beyonce would crack $150 million. I don't think she cracked an Adele million. I mean, an Adele $20 million. If they go out and buy some. Because Beyonce's songs really aren't the hype surrounding Beyonce. It's always Beyonce's performances. That's the secret about Beyonce. The secret about Beyonce is her music is okay. But, it, you know, in a fun little anthem, would you like to do this? You know, they <laughs> fun little, if you, you know, Trevor wrote up the petition, please, you know, it's like that. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's, they fun little anthems. Those little things from Beyonce are great. That's what she sells the most to me. But Beyonce thinks she wants to be Charday. <laughs> so she's in this delusional spot because she's created this lane of pop stardom, but suddenly she wants to, she wants to, you know, take herself seriously. I mean, and it's nothing wrong with. I think she was taking herself seriously when she was doing partition and 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 put a ring on and all that stuff. And, and independent women and, and what's that stuff of shit, booty lists and all that. But now she wants to like, you know, Black is King is her attempt. And this, and these, you know, lemonade and stuff. Y'all like lemonade. I have okay to me. But those are at her attempts at trying to be deep. <laughs> y'all, y'all talked about it critically. Y'all said it was good, but y'all really didn't buy it. Because <laughs> y'all really like her doing it, you know, fun stuff like blow and all this. That's what you really like. You really, you just like, mm. I already take you all that seriously. You're no Chardonnay. You're a fun, good time. <laughs> I mean, I, I like Beyonce, partition Beyonce. So I roll up the petition, please. I don't want to see Beyonce on her knees. I like that. I like that Beyonce. I like savage Beyonce. Yeah, that's the Beyonce we like. We limit her to that box. If she wants to come out that box, and when she does, it kind of like, like a bed. You know what I'm saying? It just it doesn't work. We like, ooh. It's not really who you are. And the record company's entertained her for a little bit. They like, okay, let her do blackest kids. Let her do But bitch, I bet you better be shaking some ass on this next album, okay? I'm just be honest with you. Coach Ella went over well because it was a lot of ass shaking and stuff. So seductive Beyonce. Seductive Beyonce does better in sales than Chardonnay Beyonce. <laughs> I'm trying to be salon Chardonnay. I be salon Beyonce. <laughs> I mean, it just doesn't work. And, you know, those type of artists have made those decisions in their careers where they, they, they're more interested in the art. And I just feel like Beyonce tries to do that because she wants to prove that she's made early choices that didn't highlight her vocals. And when she did try to highlight her vocals, she oversang a lot of shit. You know, like, listen, listen, it's just one of the most oversings. Like, she's trying to get that, you know, she's trying to do that. Because she couldn't do what I'm telling you. So she, they think she said, and right to be in this movie, y'all got to put listen on here. So I can try to get nominated for an Oscar. And so people like can see. 
It's so annoying. This is the annoying parts I have about Beyonce's career. Because I've said it before. It's so contrived. It's such a contrived career. And all careers are, have some elements of contrivedness to it. But this, her career, more than any other, it's contrived when it doesn't have to be. And it's really because her people really don't believe in her. They're like, you know... We're ready for you to get back out there and give us some more naughty, what's it, naughty girl. Give us some more, uh, what's the other song? What's the other section? The B-Day. That's who you are? Upgrade you, shit like that. Girl, get your ass out of here trying to do deep shit. Leave the deep shit to Solange. What's the song? What's the Solange's ass album was so deep? It went over everybody's head. But what's that? What's the other one? It's like, what is it? Cane, uh, what is it in the sky? It's like, what is it? I forgot the name. Cranes in the sky. Cranes, what is that the name of it? Shit, I done forgot. Leave that to Solange. Okay. You can't do that. Too much money in your ass. You went around here telling people you Michael Jackson for selling records like Blonde. <laughs> Hell no. Bitch, we got to make our money back. <laughs> you want to get your ass out here and sell some Ivy Park? <laughs> and if they, did anybody think on that shit? Because the clothes is not being the best. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to stop now. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. I already checked into that. I'm, I'm going to quit it. Listen, all I'm saying is be careful with the overhype Beyonce and Jay-Z. Because you know the collectors will come to collect. And you're so far in now. You're so far in. You're going to be selling shit when you're 80. That's how far you you are now. <laughs> and think about the lessons of Michael. Michael left so many lessons. Stop by your head. Miss Tina has a show out here in these streets. Yes, yes, yes. Miss Tina has a talk show. Everybody got a talk show. But actually, can I just say this? I actually like Miss Tina's personality. I actually like Miss Tina. Miss Tina reminds me of people I know, down home, older women that I know, women I love, women like I love to talk to and hang out with. Like she got, she got that kind of vibe. Like my my aunts and my mama and all that. She's got a real, you know. She 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 don't seem like she over the. And I know she probably wouldn't like me because I I ain't in that. I I you know I don't. I don't love on her kids that much. But, you know, I do give a little love to Solange. So I really like Solange. But well, I'll come hard on Beyonce. But I like her. But, you know, I listen, I like Miss Tina. I can see her having a talk show because she has that kind of energy. She has that kind of personality. You know, she does. She has a developed personality. I'm like, okay, I won't go here. But you know what I'm saying. I'm trying to say something nice now about Miss Tina's show without, so I, maybe I can get out of the Ramada Inn for uh, just a smidge. 
check myself out a little bit. Okay, Miss Tina has a show. Beyonce sings a theme song from Mama Tina's new Facebook watch show. She's going to seem like she's going to interview a lot of people. Uh, this is according to HelloBeautiful.com. I think Haley and Chloe's on there, Tiffany Haddish. Um, a number, it was a number of, I saw all kind of people coming through, uh, look like they were going to come through on uh, Miss Tina's show. And it looks like a good time, fun, you know, the typical, you know, celebrity type of show, okay? Uh, she did do a Facebook interview, like over in the Facebook rooms with Maxwell. I was kind of on the road. I was heading to Kansas City when she was doing it, and I kind of got to hear a little bit of it as it was live, but I listened to most of it afterwards. But it was a really good interview. I really enjoyed it. Uh, Maxwell explains so much. Sometimes Maxwell is in the top of the thing, and he, he explains so much. He explains how me, him and Miss Tina um, med. It's, it's a very interesting interview. If you, you, know, you know, I feel like I learn a little bit more about my fave every time I hear his interviews and stuff like that. But Miss Tina did a really good one with him. And uh, they even talked a little bit about, you know, Destiny Child, little stuff like that, and how, you know, they talked about real music and making real music and Maxwell's career and stuff like that. Very interesting. It was a good interview, okay, for, you know, one of those Facebook things. So, uh, yeah. Miss Tina's a fan, like me. She's been a fan of Maxwell for a month, for a moment. Richard, watch out, cause she got a crush. I know, I know when they got a Maxwell crush. Okay, they have it. Everybody has it. <laughs> All right, but I, I, I really actually love the interview. Okay, so if you guys get a chance, check that out. Okay, Miss Tina is gonna have a new show, but that that one she did on Facebook. I think you, Maxwell may have it up on his page. All right, let's talk about. Devon Franklin Child and Megan Good. Now, we were just talking the week, the last show, I was talking about how Megan, and I couldn't believe the rumors out here that they was divorcing. But Megan was, the, I said she was out of this fucking, I kind of, you know what, I'm going to correct that. Cause, you know, and then a week later, it, I saw her here that May after nine years of marriage, uh, uh, Devon Franklin filed, uh, for divorce right on the week of Christmas. Damn. <laughs> but, you know, it seems like it was mutual. They later on put a picture out of both of them hugging and saying, hey, you know, it's just one of those things. We still love each other, but we're going in a different direction kind of type of thing. You know, they put out a little statement. I may not read the statement. Here's the thing. It's been all kinds of shows from the man's fear and everything saying why Devon Franklin had to leave Megan and Megan's a hoe, and I, you know how a lot of them like to say that shit, okay? I don't think that at all. Okay? But what I will say is this. Uh, even if she is, you know, whatever. What I will say is that I think she tried her damnedest. And I'm not just going to put it on Megan, okay? Because here's the thing. I mean, you know, She's with a guy who don't, who really don't know who the fuck. In my part, this is my personal opinion. Okay, I'm gonna get on Devon's ass for a minute. You know, she don't really know who the fuck Devon is. Devon has preacher, has motivational speaker, has movie executive shit. He don't know what the fuck he is. Am I, am I a preacher? Am I a movie executive? Am I a, a, what the hell? Am I a this and that? And it's confusing to a woman. You know, a woman's out here, she's looking to be led, but she's like, motherfucker, you all over the place. You executive, you motivational preacher, you all, you know, you know what I'm saying? She's probably still a little bit confused. 
Now, the rumors were out here in these streets, people were saying because she didn't want to have a child. No woman wants to have a child when there's confusion, she, when she feels like it's the end. She doesn't want to probably, she probably didn't want to bring that child into it. And so I don't think it's just Megan not being confused. And a lot of these men's fears like to blame women for everything. And it's probably, like they said, it's nobody's fault. Both of them said it was nobody's fault in the relationship. They're very cordial about it. But the truth of the matter is, you know, men sometimes have to understand if there is no leadership, if you don't have your leadership game right, it's going to be very hard for a woman to follow the game plan. And I think with Megan and, you know, and Devon, I think they loved each other. Probably will always care for each other and always love for each other. But maybe they were better off as friends. It happens sometimes. Or maybe they had just come to the end of the road in their relationship. It was the end. Sometimes relationships end, okay? It was the end. And I know you guys are saying, but a lot of marriages are not so good. I know. Our ideals about marriages are that it's not supposed to end, but they do end. You know, in a perfect, what about spirituality? Carlotta, I thought you were a spiritual person. I know what the Bible says, you know, about divorce and all this stuff. But listen, the truth is sometimes, especially if you're talking from a sin perspective, okay, let's say we're talking from a sin perspective. Sometimes in marriages, if you're looking at sins or whatever, they happen way before these marriages take place, okay? People have their own motives and ideas and things they bring into marriages. Everybody does. Even the most perfect candidates for marriage come into these, this, this game of monogamy, monogamy and trying to be monogamous with all these ideas, but you're challenged. That, trust me. That that monogamy is going to be challenged in every damn way it possibly can. If you ain't right for each other, it will come out in, in the sauce. It's just that. And it, it, it doesn't matter if it's 10 years down the line, 15 years down the line, 20 years. Or maybe you were right for each other up to a certain point, but you're no longer right for each other anymore. And you thought you could maintain a marriage, and it doesn't. It happens, and I know I want to tell you, kids, all these ideals and shit about marriage. But the truth of the shit, the matter is, as a married person, that shit got to be taken one day at a time. <laughs> tell y'all from my point of view, okay? Hard shit, right? But you know what I'm saying? It's but it's you know, it, it there are beautiful times, there are bad times, there are good times, there's just that. I'm just telling y'all, that's the like. Couples, and, and, and there will be all kind of challenges to the idea of people staying together. There will be shit that will come and challenge you that you would have never expected, ever. <laughs> okay? And the, the game is, who will survive? You know, my grandparents just had happy anniversary to my grandma and grandpa, Phoebe and Levi Chapman. They were, they've been married almost 60, maybe about 60 four years, 64 years, and uh, this Christmas, right? My grandmother married my grandfather. My grandmother had two children, two young young babies. My grandmother, my mom was like four or five, and my uncle was like two or three, right? And um, she married my grandfather, and my grandfather, my grandfather was sort of like a Russell Wilson, okay? And 
in this, if we have a, I have a strange, I'm kind of telling y'all our business, but in this family, my grandparents are married, and uh, my grandparents don't have the most, I mean, I mean, we, we talk about this kind of stuff. They didn't have sometimes always great times. As a matter of fact, I remember them telling me a story said that one time they were separated. You know, like, we were going to end that shit. We just, <laughs> you know, because marriages go through so much. And these are people that have been married 60 some years. And my grandparents, I'm sort of their cat. I'm like out of this uh, thing. This is a weird. I kind of am, my, even though my mother is my mother and my uncle are uh, kind of raised, were raised by my grandfather and my grandmother, and that's the father they know. But I come along, and I'm sort of like their baby, my grandparents' baby, uh, because I am. I come straight out the hospital. I'm with my grandparents from that moment. Okay, so uh, my mom's around, but my my grandparents are really the caretakers. And so, so I'm kind of. I was raised by my grandparents. I really, they're my parents. So it's sort of like, even though I love my parents, I love both of them. I know them very well. They, I, love, I love them both, but. But there, uh, but I was raised by my grandparents. I knew nothing different. So, um, so these the, all these strange dynamics that my grandparents had to go through in the course of a marriage. Uh, they have a daughter, a teenage daughter, who gets pregnant right in their thirties when they tried to, when they're at their point where they're straightening up their marriage and they're finally getting these fucking kids at the house. And here, my little ass comes <laughs> and presents challenges to everybody, like. Okay, we gotta raise this kid up, and so it's a whole nother level of thing. And I keep, I always talk to them about all the different levels and things that they went through in marriage. And the thing is, it's to survive that shit, you know. And it ain't the easy. <laughs> and sometimes in life, you know, people together for the second year. I mean, you know, I hear stories from their friends and stuff like that. People and different people. Sometimes people together all them years, they like shit. I don't know if I should say shit. <laughs> I mean, it's real. I mean, it's real shit marriages, okay, and especially ones that last a long time. And even with my great grandparents, I don't know if I've ever told the story on here. I think I told the story on one of the. I told the story on one of the podcasts. My great grandparents were interesting. Uh, they were both Sagittarius, so that can tell you some wild shit was going on. <laughs> but my great grandmother was a very beautiful woman in her youth, and my great grandmother was another idea. My great grandmother was before her time, you know very business-oriented, very smart, uh, not the typical, wasn't the typical wife behavior. And I remember watching it when I came, by the time I came along, I didn't know that woman, but I knew they talked about it, my family talking about her. And so when I come along in my great, I was very close to my great-grandparents. And, but I remember them as a kid on up, I would stay with them sometimes. And I remember them, go, I would go visit and spend a weekend with them. I remember them always arguing. I was like, these in my head as a little kid, I was like, these mothers is arguing all the time. I mean, they argue every time. They find something, little things to argue. And I remember when I was 12, my great-grandfather died when I was 12. That was my first heartbreak. I'm one of my first big heartbreaks because I loved my great-grandfather, okay? And so my, I remember thinking to myself, my great-grandmother was going to be happy as a Lord. I But she, one of the most beautiful moments I had ever seen in my life as a 12-year-old girl, I could see myself sitting on the front row in the funeral home and all these people in, the, in, in, in this place for my great-grandfather. I remember sitting in my little purple dress and kind of slashing down. I remember them bringing my great-grandmother up to the casket. 
And my great-grandmother bends down and just lays her head on his chest and starts crying. And I remember to myself going, damn. Like, I was shocked. I was like, oh, her aunt really did love him. I mean, she was broken. And all that arguing, shit, (laughs) it suddenly seemed like it seemed like there was so much I did not know. And I remember over the years finding out more and more about their marriage and more about the things they went through, the years they had been married and stuff like that. And it wasn't fucking easy. I remember my grandmother used to tell me stories about them fighting in the country and all this stuff. But they managed to stay together through all that shit. I mean, people would do that even when they shouldn't have stayed together. They asked them to stay together back in those days, okay? It's just about the idea of commitment. So when we talk about today's marriages, okay, people don't have to do that today. People don't have to stay together for the sake of staying together. And a lot of times people don't want to be challenged in the way that those couples are. People sometimes have their limits, okay? And what I'm trying to tell y'all through these stories is that marriage will challenge your ass on every fucking front. Sometimes you'll survive that shit and sometimes you won't, okay? That's all I got for you. It is what it is. (laughs) I mean, it is what it is. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, you know, there are there is someone in it. You know, for women who think there's a song I love by Babyface and Pebbles, I used to laugh at it and say, "Love makes things happen. Love makes things happen. Love makes things happen." They have this video and they have all these stories about people falling in love and how they fall in love and stuff like that. And there's a verse in the song that says, uh, "What does it say? You can be a married, married." Uh, you can be a married woman, a married, a married man with two kids and a good, good woman. You can never leave your home. I swear it don't mean nothing. And what they and when they showed this video, this video is like they're showing all these different like things happening in love. Like love. Okay, I'm going somewhere with this. I'm like Carlotta, where are you going with this? Okay. So in the video, in the video they show this woman who's stuck in her house. Well, her husband's gone and stuff, and this man comes and knocks on her door and does a little, I guess he's some sort of salesman, and when she opens the door, she sees him, and she's instantly smitten by him or something like that, you know, and they're saying love makes things happen. Shit, well, I, I'm just telling you, shit like that, you know, people, shit stuff, people can come and challenge. You can have a person come and challenge your ass, your marriage. <laughs> I mean, I'm just telling you, outsiders. And some problems people don't survive. Look at Will and Jada and they and them entanglements over there and shit. I'm just telling y'all. So don't get so hard on Devon and Megan. Okay, they tried. Megan tried. All y'all talking shit about Megan, how she dressed. And I'll even say, Megan, if he if he was a preacher, you should have calmed down your dress. You know what I'm saying? But, however, you don't know what the fuck he is. I, I see why Megan was confused because, you know, he's a half record, exec, I mean, half movie exec, half preacher with no church. <laughs> I mean, and, you know, he could be an evangelist type of preacher, but you really don't kind of see that. I really don't think I'm, my personal opinion is I don't really think Devon is a preacher. I think he's more of a motivational speaker and probably a record exec. But he probably feels because he has some affection for the Bible and, and the words that he's a preacher. So because you have affection, <laughs> you might not be that. You know what I'm saying? So or you may have some preaching skills in you. That may not be what you are. You may be more of a teacher in some other capacity or something. And that's how I look at Devon Franklin. I don't think, I think in that capacity, 
in that marriage, that may have been confusing for Megan because she took a lot of hits with that and, and, and thinking that she had to be something else in order to be married with him. That's just my personal opinion about them, that there was this thing that I have to be something else, and it probably is hard to do a show like Harlem without hearing some criticism. I remember when I was in school, this is a story. I love telling y'all stories. When I was in school years ago, I was at Oral Roberts University. Okay, I said, I, I said years ago, you guys know, for those of you who listen to this show for a long period of time, you know I was a student for, at Oral Roberts University. I almost graduated from Oral Roberts University. I left the semester before graduation. Okay, it's a long story. <laughs> but back in school trying to finish. Okay, so I remember I was dating this guy who claims he was getting ready to be a preacher. And he was so disturbed by me wanting to be an actress. He was like, you can't be an actress and try to, like, me and you be in a relationship. I'm like, we got to get this relationship right first. Shit, don't even talk about marriage. But he was seeing that far ahead. He was like, shit, there's no way I was, I'm going to have your actress no actual woman in my church, which he didn't end up running no church because he didn't preach that good anyway. But I'm, just, <laughs> but I'm just saying that his idea was that an actress being married to an actress or anybody in the theater world would ruin his church. And, you know, I don't, I don't think that was a bad assessment. If that is the type of preacher you work. So, you know what I'm saying? So, so I think that with, I think that Devon does not understand who he really is. I think Devon happens to be a, 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 a executive in in film and television who has who has you know he's a very spiritual person and who might be a great teacher motivator but probably not a preacher. I think he should stop calling himself that. My personal opinion. I don't know. I don't believe. I don't know if I believe he's that. And I believe that was confusing. That was the first confusing thing to Megan. And then, then they had to share this whole, which I just bought this book, The Weight. I'm going to kind of read it because I feel like that was their first mistake, you know, trying to tell this story about how they waited and all that stuff. You know, because people are going to start nitpicking it immediately. And I just feel like Megan was feeling like she had to play this narrative of this preacher's wife when really, I don't think he even believed he's a, he's a preacher. I don't think he even knew what he was really, seriously. You know what I'm saying? And for her, for him, on his behalf, because he didn't know, because it seems confusing to me when I look at it, and then people in the church side have confusion, confusion. That's why people, he would always get asked different stuff out in public and stuff like that, you know, um, I think because people saw all these things have confusion, I think that he really just didn't know. And he picked her out of a place where he was unsure about himself. And as they both get into a marriage and they probably truly love each other and care for each other and wanted to make it work, but as they grow into themselves and understanding more of who they are, they look across the room and see maybe now he knows himself a little more, more. Maybe now she knows herself a little bit more. And she's going, this is as far as this can go. You know what I'm saying? People evolve into different things. So I ain't mad at Megan and him. You know, I wish them the best of luck. It's, it's always sad when relationships end, 
But, you know, I feel like she looked like she it was a new, she's looking like it's a new start for her. You know what I'm saying? She's looking like, you know what, I'm ready <laughs> to take this, uh, uh, to do, you know, to, to take this situation, to deal with this situation. And, you know, it, it, and this is and uh, I don't think she's a, it's about her being a hoe with people up here talking about she for the streets and all that. She might be a little bit more for the streets. I'm not talking about it in a bad way. I'm just saying in a more secular way. You know, whatever she is, uh, I don't think she deserves to be, this, 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 you know, dismissed like she's something. that I think that, that, that was two people uh, uh, evolving and coming to terms that they may love each other very much, but they may just cannot carry on a marriage relationship. Because marriages, with all my stories I just told you guys, if you get anything out of it, marriage is hard as fuck. Okay, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Ask Will and Jada up to talk about bad marriage for life. <laughs> but they entangle with me, too. Will and Jada, funny as hell. Oh, wow. Okay. So what's next that we need to talk about? Uh, Steph and Aisha Curry, do we want to talk about that? I mean, I didn't even talk about, I didn't talk about the Dallas Walmart shot shut down. I think I'm going to say that. Uh, let's talk about Steph and Aisha on these three chats. When I heard this, I was like, Lord, they're trying to ruin all the, the, the relationships. All the Jesus relationships are falling apart. Help us, Lord. Oh my God! All in one week, the devil is busy out here in the street. <laughs> the same thing, okay? But listen, Steph and Aisha Curry are being accused of some mess. I ain't heard Aisha say nothing yet. I'm kind of, you know, Aisha, you can get her ass on Instagram and say something. Not, not me, not my man, or something like that. She ain't said a damn thing. Oh Lord, let me tell you. Oh Lord. Say it ain't so. But out in these streets, they're saying the world has evolved and currently no one cares about whatever people do in their private. Whatever works for you. This is according to BlackSportsOnline.com. Do it and make sure you're happy. There is a, I don't, I don't believe it. There's, there's a hot room on Instagram page at Dex Mall that has no credibility. And according to an anonymous message, Steph Curry and Aisha Curry are having relations outside their marriage. It's alleged that Steph and Aisha have five hookups, clean. And they keep it very private and portray a different image on social media, making people think they are the perfect couple. Here's what uh, posted the Instagram story of Dutch Moore and reported by him. Have it on the good authority that this well-known NBA couple aren't as faithful in love as their social media image make them out to be. They both have five hookups and flings, but keep it very private to keep up the perfect family image. They show to the world. I was shocked to learn they've been together for. Uh, I was shocked to learn they've been together for so long. The above is on the heels of Aisha Curry celebrating Steph Curry's new milestone in NBA on social media. Okay, uh, listen. Oh, listen. Nothing surprised me. Okay, people and even marriages out in the streets over what people call them marriages. I don't know. You know, people can be hit to the side of, listen, there's a, you know, there's a, I remember I heard Ruby, what's it, Ruby Davis, Ruby, talking about her and Ozzy. Who knew in the early, that was like the 
forties or fifties or something, they were having like they had an open marriage. She said at first, and so she started taking up her stand, well, taking up her option to have some dick out in these streets. And then I was like, hold up, <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? So people might start off open, or might open up their marriage for a season. People might do that, you know what I'm saying? I don't consider it at that point marriage. I still consider it like giving, you know, giving people cheating passes. And let's call it what it is. You don't have a cheating pass. Yeah, we could cheat. But cheat out of There's some new coochie I want to try. There's some new dick I want to try. And I really want to see because this shit ain't working right now with, between me and you. And I want to really see if there's some, if there's some better options out in this world. <laughs> All right. I can't just deal with one coochie cat. I just can't deal with one penis. Okay, so I need to get out here and explore. People do that shit. Now I don't know. I don't consider. Like, I don't consider that a marriage. I consider what Jada. What did Will and Jada call it? A partnership. What do they call it? They start calling themselves a marriage. They start calling that partner. That's what I exclusive partnership or something like that. Okay, that just happens to have a wedding certificate with it. Okay, it happens. I wouldn't be surprised if they out here fucking around, but it's no proof to that. You know what I'm saying? But would that surprise me? No. Just because they they love the Lord don't mean they don't mess up every now and then. <laughs> you know the most, Let me tell you something about church people. Because <laughs> I know y'all y'all think about Steph Curry because you know they so churchy with all this stuff. The church is where you find, listen here. The reason people in church because they need Jesus, because they are mess. They're hot mess. <laughs> you find some of the most mess. I remember my old preacher, Pastor West, like you say, you're welcome to uh, our church where you'll find in here farmers, thieves, liars, murderers, uh, drug addicts, sex addicts. <laughs> and some of them still currently practicing. <laughs> I mean, it takes a while to become a new preacher. <laughs> Church people can be a trip. Don't ever go to church and put your faith in church folks. <laughs> your faith is supposed to be in God. God, the perfection. Not church people. You be you be sad real fast. <laughs> they human too. Dude, they just recognize they need a savior. They need a God. They realize they such a mess. They didn't got that. Some of y'all don't recognize that, but they say, you know, I'm a mess. I need God out of you three, and I'm trying to work it out. So would I be surprised that Aisha and Steph is out here fucking around on each other? No. <laughs> and none of y'all should be, I don't. I ain't surprised by none of the shit y'all do. And y'all shouldn't be surprised about shit I do. Okay? People are human out in these streets, okay? <laughs> if you, when you find out about people, you will find out so much in their life. And you'll be like, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, what? Huh? Huh? Like, you, you guys, if you really know me, you'd be like, oh, crap, I didn't know that. What? You deal with that? What? What? Listen, I'm a hot-ass mess, okay? <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> I need Jesus. I ain't saying I'm doing seven nights. I'm just saying, I, I, I need you. You shouldn't be surprised. Just because I'm a spiritual person don't mean part of the reason I'm spiritual is because I be trying to keep it all together. I ask be about the, I be cracking up every now and then. I be ready to, you know. <laughs> so that's why I'm trying to tell you. Spiritual people can be some of the most wildest people you ever see, most craziest people you ever seen, okay? Have y'all read the, 
always tell people, read the Bible. I don't know how people, people say church people, no, church people just have a set of things they're trying to achieve to be like God, okay? And it doesn't always come about instantly or easily, okay? But a lot of people be like, but if you read the Bible, you see all kind of wild stuff going on. I always tell, my favorite story in the Bible is David. I mean, the Bible says that David, who is the, where the, the throne, the lineage of Christ comes through David, right? The Bible says that David was a friend of God because he knew how to repent. David knew how to come to God when he messed up. He knew how to change himself, get his life together. But all David's life, David liked him some women. David liked Cootie Cat. David liked Cootie Cat. Read the story of David. David was a hoe out in these Israel streets. <laughs> and when he was dying, they, to see if he was dead, they said, they sent the virgin into the room. <laughs> they said, let's see if the king is dead. Send the virgin in there. That's how much David was going out. He said, listen, I'm just trying to tell y'all, it's some imperfect people. In church, all right, in loving God, okay? <laughs> if you ever read the Bible, it's full of mess, full of mess. <laughs> Especially the Old Testament. The Old Testament is my favorite. The Old Testament got some mess going on, boy. Ooh, there's some stories in that Old Testament. I'd be like, ooh, they was a trip. <laughs> okay, so that's what I'm trying to tell you. You can't be just, don't put all that on Steph and Aisha. You know, because they look like they are. They always be praying and all that stuff. That don't mean they ain't, they ain't got no. Uh, I that song about seeing one of the skeletons in your closet. Yeah, it's a lot of trips out in these streets. <laughs> oh my God, y'all got to stop it. It's a mess going on in this world. Trust me on that, okay? Oh my God, that's funny. People, because people are like in shock. What? Definitely Aisha out here having an open relationship? I'm not saying they may not have an open relationship at all. But if they did, okay, would it surprise me? Now, do I think it's a healthy thing to have that? No. But at the same time, would I be surprised? No, because human beings, we're human. You do dumb stuff. <laughs> and sometimes we let our flesh choose for us. Oh, my Lord. Oh, God. So this story, what do I say about it? Eh, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if it was happening, okay? Okay, Dr. Dre finally settles up with his wife for $100 million. Now, we already know that Dre only had 200, they said allegedly $200 million in cash, okay? So that means she got a pretty good chunk of the state. He had $200 million in cash, and allegedly, and the rest was 800, $800 million, I mean, 600 million in assets and stuff. And that's what, see, that's what a lot of y'all, y'all thinking when he say he's a billionaire, a lot of times it's assets. It's not the liquid cash you have on hand. And remember, she took him to the court because she was like, you know, he just got, she got, allegedly, he was, she was saying he had $200 million in liquid, right? So when they say she got a hundred million dollars, that's probably maybe she got about forty to fifty in cash. That's probably what she's asking. And another fifty, sixty million in uh, 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 assets or something like that, property and stuff. She did way more than what was expected. And a lot of y'all saying, well, at least she didn't get to have the eight hundred million. Oh, the eight hundred, I mean, the uh, billion. The billion is kind of fictional. 
in my opinion, if what they're seeing in some of the reports are true. The billion is kind of fictional because it's like playing Monopoly. You know when you play Monopoly and you have some, you're so, you're so rich, like, you know, say, for instance, you think you have a, a, a let's say you think you have a, a hundred thousand in properties, right? But when you go broke and we don't have no cash out hand and you suddenly have to mortgage your uh, property or you have to give away, you find that people start be going below balling you, I'll buy it for this much or whatever. And you may not get for your property what it's worth, or you may not get what it's valued at, okay? You know that's from playing the game Monopoly. It's the same thing in the real fucking world, okay? Dre may not really be worth a billion. That's an evaluation, okay? So she did a hell of a good job walking away with that much cash, okay? Good job, Nicole. Nicole wore his ass the fuck out. I mean, she wore Dr. Dre that. Good job, Dre. Because let me tell you why. Because I wanted Dre to find some peace. Because she was run. She was giving Dre a run for his money. <laughs> she wasn't playing. The man was in the hospital with aneurysms. I mean, she was pulling out. She was putting out mistresses on the scene. I mean, yeah, she was she was trying to get it. She, she wasn't playing up in these streets. Nicole was not playing. Hey, Nicole did damn good, y'all. So for those of y'all saying she, y'all, she ain't hardly did that much. No, yeah, she did. <laughs> for him, only having two hundred million dollars in cash to walk away with hundred million, and the rest of it is valued at a billion allegedly. She did good. <clears throat> okay, because that's a valuation. So. Really, you really don't know what the wealth, uh, how much of the, what that what that really looks like. Okay, so it's very interesting there. Okay, so uh, also Kanye West, Lord have mercy. Lord, they say Kanye done moved across the street from Kim Kardashian. Kanye, stop, stop. You know, sometimes here's the one thing I learned know about Gemini's. Okay. But I'm actually surprised about it because Gemini's can be known to be such a loose and want freedom, but they can actually be quite jealous when they're in love with you, you know? They can really be, like, jealous. They can really, and, and I think Kanye, you know, he's kind of like, when they really in love, they can be a little, they don't want to see you, you know, but, you know, it can be something else. And so they're saying that uh, Kanye, the rumor is, according to MSN.com Entertainment, that Kanye absolutely despises peace now that his relationship with Kim is escalating. Now, I don't believe this is going to go a long time. It could, but I doubt it. I think Kim is out here having fun. She just got a divorce. I think Pete's having fun. I think she don't want no more Kanye stress. I already told y'all why she don't need the Kanye stress no more. She's winning. She got four kids by him. That's the entitlement to some of the money, the catalogs and everything like this. Kim, she got her own money. She ain't got to worry about his crazy ass no more. Kanye, take your man. Kanye, when you coming back from Wisconsin or wherever the hell he was, Kanye, 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 Kanye. She ain't got to worry about it. You don't need to be running for president. You don't need to be ready to make it happen. She ain't got to worry about none of that shit, okay? okay. And she just she could be by herself, have to get some manny help, get, get some nice pink dick on the side party with, uh, what's the name? What's the Pete Davidson? Since the boomers are out here, it's good. You know what I'm saying? She's good. <laughs> Kanye is just a lot. Who wants all that? 
<laughs> okay, so uh, you know, the only thing I worry about Kim is I'm hoping when people move across the street and stuff from you, that's a little spooky. Uh, but maybe because they have children and stuff like that, they're trying to you know do that. But you know, I you know I I said Kanye was not going to be easy to get away with with get away. I said that years ago on this show. I said Kanye ain't going to be one to play it. Y'all might play the y'all might play with the wrong MF with Kanye because Kanye's a little you know, you know he's a Gemini too. Any little touch, you know, those two combinations, Lord have mercy. <laughs> yeah, I wish you the best of luck, Kim. Uh, you know, her, but I'll work out. <laughs> but it's a very interesting, their relationship, okay? Uh, you know, but I don't think Kim gets back with Kanye West. I think Kim leaves the idea of Kanye West. There's no need to just none okay you don't need she doesn't need to get back with him at first I thought she would because but now I see the game she's like mm, why why I get to sit I have big young penis right now I've got you know these kids you know they're the heirs to the throne I'm good I got my own money peace Kanye <laughs> that's why she was trying to get single she Kanye already gave her her legitimacy he gave her every damn thing she needed. But see, the problem is, you play, y'all play with that, y'all try to play that Kardashian shit with that crazy ass Gemini. I, I hope he don't make y'all pay by just acting a fool with it. You know, listen here. Some people ain't to be played with. That's how. Okay, just, well, I don't know. And Kim is one. I mean, and Kim. I mean, uh, I mean, Kanye is one of them. Okay. Uh, we talked about Miss Tina's new show. Uh, did he talk about, uh, uh, what is it, Britney Spears? Okay, y'all been wanting me to talk about Britney Spears. Here's the deal, okay. I still don't, you know, listen, I don't know what the deal with her was going on with her daddy and her conservatorship. What I said is in my gut, I felt like probably just my personal opinion was that when I see big movements and stuff like the Britney Spears, free Britney Spears movement, I, I don't I think other people are behind it and I think that, you know, sometimes fathers like like him get a bad reputation, like Matthew knows he's gotten a bad reputation for trying to keep his daughter's career. Joe got a bad reputation for trying to keep the Jacksons career. You know, Joe is actually the people Joe would People don't really understand really how deep Joe and people like Matthew and more. I mean, you know, could they, are they the sometimes the best fathers? Mm, probably not. But are they fucking great sometimes managers? Yeah, Joe was Joe took Janet to Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. If he if that move hadn't been made, you know, Janet was bound to be. Uh, the do- in the dollar bin <laughs> with me still buying, you know, I'm the one. It was about me and ten other people that bought those Sam Dream, Dream Street. <laughs> it was me and fifteen other people that bought Young Love. That's how far back I go with Janet. I've been a Janet fan since I was a nine, you know, ten or eleven. I've been in love with Janet that long, okay? So I go back like that. 
But most people went back to the was a Janet Fan after control out, okay? <laughs> and that's when Jimmy Jim and Terry Lewis come in. So, you know, you got to give Joe Jackson credit for knowing who to take his daughter to. And Joe, Joe carried that family to fame. It has, had it not been for Joe, Joe Jackson, you know, that probably never would have happened. You never would have saw the Michael Jackson. No matter how fucking bad of a daddy Michael Jackson was, I mean, Joe Jackson was, he still, allegedly, he still carried his family out the hood and to wealth, uh, see, and he raised one of the two of the biggest entertainments in the world, and the biggest entertainment family in the world. So when we talk about men like Matthew Knowles, we talk about men like uh, Richard, uh, Richard, uh, the, the, what's the name, Daddy? Uh, what's the Serena and Venus? They might not have been the greatest men on fronts and marriages and stuff like that, but they did work really hard to take their kids out of shit. Uh, you know, the same thing with Britney Spears, Betty. He might not have been the best. You know what I'm saying? But I do believe he loved his child and kind of understood what his child, what he thought his child needed. Okay? And, um, you know, I really just think that, uh, you know, I just really hope Britney Spears don't end up in, in the loony bin with all her money gone. You know what I'm saying? And and doing some sort of real bad deal, okay? But a lot of people are saying right now, and this is according to Yahoo Life, they said Brittany's friends are fighting. Her fiancé is replacing her dead. He's now the boss. This is according to YahooLife.com. They're saying now that she's free, fans have a new concern. Brittany's fiancé, Sam Aguirre, is controlling her. The pop star's view has reportedly been taking on more responsibility now that her conservatorship is over. But some are worried that he's now the boss of her. Brittany and Sam, a model and actor, met on the set of a music video for a singer or summer party in 2016. The pair announced their engagement in 2021 after five years of dating. Now, see, it's the same thing with white women when you marry men, you know, like I've said before on this show, you try to give them jobs, but I digress. Now, following the termination of Britney's conservatorship in November, 2021, the 40 year old singer is relying heavily on her fiance, according to the insider's folks radar. Sam is now the boss. The source closed the site on December 15, 2021. Understandably, I think she has been through. Brittany doesn't trust a lot of people, which is why she's relying on Sam, people say. The insider continued when her dad was removed, so, so was the entire team he had built up around her. Brittany is the most successful pop star, I don't know about that, in the world that has no manage, uh, manager or people helping her to navigate the business. While the source uh, notes Brittany once had over 150 people working for her when she was heading her own show in Las Vegas, now the star only has one person on her team, and it's Sam. All she has is Sam, which is why everything's going through him. Okay, this is a bad mistake, and a lot of women make it. They marry men. I've talked about it on the show before, who don't really have the set of real successful women marry some of these men who don't have the self-esteem our pedigree to be with him, and you try to build him up. And he don't know nothing about show business or nothing like that. See, Britney Spears out here, you know, I'm not. We'll see how it goes. But, I mean, this is a motherfucker you met auditioning for your video in 2016, allegedly. Shit, you going to give him control over all that fucking money? That tells me right there she ain't too sharp in here if this is true out in these streets. Listen, 
this is why her daddy was telling me out. This is why her daddy knew. was like, you know what? I'm trying to hold on to my child because he loves his child. Okay? But let me just say this. He, the daddy did the right thing. Because grown folks got to learn grown folks' shit. And, and Britney Spears, if she got to bump her motherfucking head like Nina Simone had to bump her motherfucking head, like Aretha had to bump her motherfucking head. Who else had to bump their head? Yeah, it's a lot of them. It's a lot of women down there. It's a list of them. A whole bunch of Melba Moore had to bump her fucking head. Mary J had to bump her fucking head. I mean, this is what it is. She's got to learn her lesson. It's a hard knock life. And she getting mad. They said she's been out, she was out here cursing out her family last week, and allegedly, and upset with them. See? Mad talking about that was the shit they wasn't doing. Uh, if I was her family, don't say shit. Let her get her rent, rent off. And she might be partly right, but let her get her rent off and stuff. And let's see how you do. Time will reveal. Can you handle your money? Are she well? Or is time going to reveal her daddy was real? Let me tell you what. Time has revealed for these fathers like Matthew. Oh, Matthew. I'm talking about Matthew. Matthew had Live Nation gotten involved. What would Beyonce be today without Live Nation? Maybe not as famous, but not as tidy. Matthew needed to fuck with Maybe a little. Joe. Ah, yes. Jackson needed to go beyond Joe's management style and everything. But cutting Joe all the way out was a smart for Michael. In here, allegedly, Michael was on the phone. Come get me. They try to make me do these shows. I need you to talk to Joe. Venus and Serena. Yeah, I'm not focused enough on tennis. Ends up being. Uh, who else? Uh, and, and who else I mentioned? The other daddy. You know, the, they always write. Some of the mamas, too, he was managing. And people know their kids. It always sometimes comes back around to mama and daddy. Brittany might be on the phone one day. Daddy, they trying to make me do I need to. I need to. Okay, I'm just telling y'all what it is out in the streets. Okay, just tell me, just tell me. They always come back to daddy. Y'all say be back, Matthew. Don't worry. More than likely. Yeah, I'll come back. Yeah, I'll come back. But you might be back too. And she found out it's a hard ass world in that music industry. Ain't no punks. It ain't for the faint of heart. <sighs> That's the end of the show. I am going to talk about this a little bit more in overdrive. So if you want to stay on the phone lines, you can. Real quick, I'm going to finish up a little bit of the show in overdrive. But for the rest of you, thank you guys so much for hanging out, listening to me rant on these hot topics all week. Listen, I wanted to give you guys a wonderful show before the New Year's. Listen, I hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful New Year. I hope you make it safely into 2022. 
Have a blessed one. It's Carlotta, and I will talk to y'all in 2022. Praying for y'all. Have a good one. Let's leave out with a gem. No plans for love. It's uh, Neo and D Nice. I'll be back in a moment in overdrive, y'all. I'm out. See ya. Welcome to CQ. D Nice. Neo. Kid Jones. You can also hit me up on Twitter at Carlotta72 and see Chat with Show. That's two separate Twitter accounts. See Chat with Show is the one that she's most often. You can also hit me up on uh, Facebook on the Carlotta Chat with Facebook page. That's where a lot of people leave me messages and stuff like that. If you want to be on a show, you got any ideas about a show. It's so fun. I talked to a young lady who was over, uh, who's been over our Block House Network thing last week for a long time. Sent me a message and we got a chance to talk. And so, so really you know great conversations you guys can always uh, talk to me or whatever if you disagree with me or about something i said on the show whatever feel free because y'all do be saying what y'all think okay <laughs> y'all have a good one uh let me just say this you know i wanted to end it with the britney spears thing because i wanted to talk a little bit love a little bit more about britney said to y'all before these kids you know a lot of times they always come i know they want their mamas and daddies but their mamas and daddies got a two-fold job Especially you talking about that entertainment business, and that's trying to protect you. And a lot of times, parents end up looking like the bad guys in the entertainment world. And sometimes parents do get greedy. You know what I'm saying? And do be like, you know, I, listen. I said these men, some of these great men that I mentioned today, have don't have, you know, listen. Matthew allegedly out here having sad babies in the seats allegedly, you know what I'm saying? You know, and, and, and Joe's ass keep mass allegedly back in the day on Catherine. I mean, you know, a sad baby, uh, Richard's ass, okay, he was, he was the kid, one of the kids out now saying he wasn't shit. I mean, a lot of these parents ain't the greatest, okay? Some of them sometimes. But they meant well with their children and their career, and they try to do their best. And sometimes they may not be that great sometimes in, care, in certain character flaws, or they may have certain character flaws, but they do, they, they do care for you for, for you from a different vibe. 
a lot of times. That's what you've seen constantly. And so do I think these men, the kids sometimes make a mistake by shutting these men like Matthew Knowles, Joe Jackson, Britney Spears dead and stuff like that out of their lives totally? Yes, because the vultures don't give a damn. And if Britney Spears is left out here to this, that fiance who was up here auditioning on 2015 and 2016, I mean, I, time and time again, women go through this all the time. With men, it's very hard for successful women to find someone. And when you do fi- find someone, you have to make sure, especially if he's making less money to, than you, or he's gonna be—he's not gonna be the biggest. Person. You, it's hard to find a Dolly Parton for. <laughs> you know, a man who ain't interested in the spotlight or a man who ain't interested in managing you or a man ain't interested in finding himself a scene through your ass, okay? It's hard. So you women have to, who, who got it successful like that, got to look real hard for the right one, okay? And especially if you touch like Rick, allegedly written series. I'm just saying, I'm, you know, and there's nothing wrong with being touchy. Everybody a little touch. But I'm just saying she might need her medication or something. You got to really have somebody who is sincere and about you, okay? So I hope it all works out for her, okay? But I, my personal opinion is y'all might have made a mistake of the time about free Britain and all that. But, you know, no, it's not really a mistake because I think grown-ass people need to learn grown-ass people lessons. You know, it is what it is, Okay. Now, I was going to talk about this interesting article I saw from, uh, I think somebody married 90 days. I'll probably save it. They were talking about you can't marry it. And I know I was supposed to talk about Sarissa Beach and Lala and them again. And I feel like I said all I need to say on that first show, okay? So that's the sidebar on that. But this other thing I was going to talk about was Ryan Aubrey addresses a divorce. You can't marry another race and not want to marry their culture. Uh. I mean, I found this really interesting. I'll probably touch on it maybe another show in the new year. But uh, he was talking, I guess he had married a white woman or something, and he was from this 90-day marriage thing. I forget what he is. Let me look it up here real quick. But it was very interesting what he was saying. And, you know, it's just hard to be married to people when you're not from, when you're from the same culture, let alone if you don't have a sense of respect for each other's ethnicities or cultures when you marry. That is very important. I definitely believe that. I think that interracial couples or intercultural inter-ethnicity couples should do that. But uh, it's saying um, the Married at First Sight alum who wed flight attendant Clara Burgess on season 12 of the popular Lifetime Reality Show issued a lengthy statement on Instagram on Wednesday addressing the pair's divorce. After beginning his statement by saying, He's not here to debate anyone's feelings or emotions and that getting married to a stranger is indescribable. Aubrey, who admitted on the show he had never been in love before, got to a nitty-gritty of some of the challenges he faced in marriage to Burgess. You can't truly be open to marry another race and not want to marry their culture, or at least at the minimum, understand it, he wrote. Understanding the uh, black experience and black culture are not monolithic and are and are ever evolving and ever changing with the time. Uh, Continued, Aubrey, what can I say? Walking into a family gathering and not speaking to anyone and scrolling through your phone will never fly and declining food outside of food allergy or avoidance because you don't like it. Looks, oh, the way it looks won't help either, okay? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, listen, especially black American families, black American families can be real hard to break through, especially if you've got big families. My dad's side of the family is a pretty big family and stuff, and they're real down home, loving people. But you, you really have to kind of go in there and have fun with them. You know what I'm saying? And so it is, even for me sometimes it's hard because I'm a more of an introvert. But my dad's side of the family is very extroverted and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, especially when you're coming from another ethnicity or a race, you have to be able to respect each other's ethnic background, cultural backgrounds. If there's no respect for the other person's ethnicity or cultural background, or, no, uh, or not even a sense of wanting to understand it or to understand that energy, it's hard to, to, to come together and merge as a couple. You could be two black people with two different ethnicities. So, you know, two different parts of the diaspora. I've had friends who were married to Africans and, 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 and certain, you know, Nigerians and stuff like that. And it didn't work because of how they saw things differently, okay? So every ethnic group, I agree with it, ethnicity group, you have to have a, a, a respect for culture, ethnicity, race, or whatever you marry into when it is different. So I thought that was an interesting story, okay? I wanted to share that one. I don't know if I want that to be my last one of the night. I think it was. It was one the one I want to talk about. I was going to talk about my, they talking about Michelle Obama running for president. Black folks, please don't go out here and vote for Michelle Obama, okay? Enough with the Obamas. Y'all need to be done with the Obamas, okay? You need to see us on these streets, okay? Uh, them shutting everything down again. The wild Dallas Walmart shutting down allegedly because of, uh, uh, they're saying, uh, I think because of COVID. So, I mean, it's, I just feel like they're going to shut down for a little while again. Listen here. Don't y'all be fucking up my Maxwell concert in March. <laughs> But I think they go, you know, I think, you know, concert people may even have a hard time, you know. So it's going to be very interesting to see what COVID does and where COVID, what it shuts down. But I don't think America can afford to totally, spiritually, financially afford to close down again. It will be a hot-ass mess in these streets if they do, okay? Uh, y'all, that is it, okay? That is it for the show today. That's it. That's my overdrive. So thank you guys so much for hanging out with me like you do always. I hope you again, I'm going to say it again. I hope you guys walk your way into 2022 full of blessings, safely, whatever you decided to do, whether you're at home that night, whether you're with loved ones, friends, Whatever you do, have a safe, blessed New Year. Can you believe it? We're on the last day of 2021. Can cross over into 2022? Safe crossing, my friends, my fam out there. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of 2021. Say hello to 2022, y'all. Let's kiss it. Let's kiss. Uh, let's kiss. Uh, what is it? Just throw a kiss to our, our new destinations, okay? God bless, and have a wonderful one. I am out. What am I going to leave y'all with? Shoot. I'm going to leave you with. I, I, thought, I left y'all with the party song already. Uh, we will leave y'all with. 
Nestle. You with, you know what, because it's the last day of 2021, and we're thinking about all the blessings that we're leaving out in 2021 and we're taking over with us to 2022. Let's think of this last day as a lovely day in 2021. Jill Scott, I'm out. I'll see y'all. See y'all uh, next show. Bye. Thing without one.